You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ Tuskegee Auburn, and AM620 WTRP LaGrange. Always alternative. Let's have some more fun. The Tiger. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Good afternoon, Auburn. Welcome into Sports Call here today on this Friday. Coming to you live from our studios here on South College Street, my name is J.J. Jackson. On today's show, I've got Cam Barry, Brooks Childress, and Ryan Lavoie hanging out with me. We're going to discuss a lot of things going on in the wide world of sports. We've got birthdays in sports. Andy Burcham, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, will join us as the baseball team gets set for a three-game series with Alabama. We'll have your nightly TV guide, and we'll do a bunch of other things here on this fine Friday. Excited to be back with you. Uh, enjoyed my trip to Gainesville, Florida for the SEC softball tournament. I wish it was a longer trip, uh, but the Auburn Tigers, of course, won and done, losing by a score of one nothing to Missouri. So back in the saddle here on this show, I'll be with Sports Call for the start of the week next week, and then next Wednesday back out on the road as Auburn softball heads to the NCAA Regionals. I, of course, don't know where the Tigers will be going just yet. Nobody does. We'll find out on Sunday. But yours truly back in the host chair for the next three hours today. And so if you want to be a part of the program, give us a call at 334-887-3401. Hello, guys. Glad to be back here. Thank you guys for holding down the fort in my absence. Good to have you back, sir. Again, with the caveat that that does mean, unfortunately, Auburn softball lost early. Yeah. And uh, the team they lost, she was able to go and beat Alabama yesterday. Now they're playing in the SEC semifinals against uh, against Tennessee and unfortunately missed an opportunity there, Auburn did, to – uh, try and get into host range um, as a one seed. So uh, they were not able to accomplish that, and the injuries are just affecting them a lot. But good to have you back, sir. And uh, we've been uh, we've been doing pretty well around here. Very busy this time of year, yeah. but uh, good to have you back. And I guess one of those days we didn't even have a show when the game was actually right. being played because yeah. uh, we've seen some long softball games yeah, <laughs> so far I mean, in the tournament. Uh, the, the games that happen at the end of the day have to just be – so upset because uh, the day of Wednesday, they have the Auburn game. Of course, the game before it went nine innings, I want to say. But even on Thursday, if Auburn had advanced, they would have played that second game against Alabama. Uh, well, the game before it, uh, I believe it's Tennessee Mississippi State. I want to yes. say uh, went thirteen innings with and took about four hours. So it took the length of nearly two softball games, and so uh, it, uh, it it pushed the schedule back a lot. And when you have four games to get in on one field in one day, that is, uh, that is a lot to get through. Complicated, so. for sure. Uh, Brooks, how are you? I'm doing great. Can't wait for a big, big weekend in the sports world. Can't wait to get this uh, 
Baseball series this weekend started between Alabama and Auburn and Plainsman Park, last home series of the regular season. Hopefully not the last full series. Hopefully the Auburn Tigers can uh, can get themselves into a, re- a regional hosting spot for the NCAA tournament. But a big part of that starts this weekend against Alabama. you got to get at least two out of three against the Crimson Tide this weekend, if not sweep them, because uh, you've got a very winnable schedule coming down from these last seven games of the regular season into the uh, SEC tournament. But can't wait to get that going. Can't wait to talk to all of our callers this afternoon. And, of course, Glad to have you back right in the driver's seat. Thank you, Brooks. Appreciate that. Cam, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Feeling a lot better. It was a little bit under the weather the, the past couple of days, but uh, now glad to be back. Welcome back, JJ. Thank you, man. Um, my Atlanta Falcons, literally, that just broke uh, that they traded for a wide receiver, Brian Edwards. I'm really excited about that. It seems as though Arthur Smith and the Falcons front office is kind of trying to establish an identity now with especially our wide receivers and and. Uh, get a, a physicality type situation going with our guys i mean we now have i think our shortest wide receiver i guess technically it would be cordero patterson uh who is six two now so i mean we're just trying to go go and get some big guys uh so really really exciting watch the watch some nba last night um watch the heat um close out the 76ers uh joel Embiid did everything that he could yep um but Jimmy Butler and the Heat were just way too much. James Harden had the one good game. And then other than that, I mean, just overall, just some inexcusable play, honestly, from him, which you, you know, from what you expect from James Harden. Uh, just two shot shot attempts in the second half. Didn't score any points, 11 points overall. Just not a great game from him at all whatsoever. But, yeah, doing pretty good. Excited to be here on today's edition of the show. And as you said, uh, Brian Edwards, a wide receiver, traded from the Raiders over to the Falcons. That's two trades in two days for those Las Vegas Raiders. And, Ryan, I want to hear from you because Jarrett Stidham was involved in one of those Raider trades as he's being traded from the New England Patriots. This will be his second NFL team, the former Auburn quarterback Stidham, is now in Las Vegas Raider. Yeah, and, and Jarrett's just trying to hang in the league at this point because he was not the backup in New England. They'd given that role to Brian Hoyer after Mac Jones came in there. And obviously Josh McDaniels getting the head coaching job in Las Vegas, uh, someone that worked with Stidham. And I guess that is a g- good news that McDaniels wanted to get out, uh, get out there and get Jarrett Stidham, although he is going to be the third-string quarterback in Las Vegas as well. Um, but, you know, I, I think with, if you're Stidham, you're just trying to hold on to any place in the league right now because as a younger guy that is a third-string guy, um, you know, third-string is, is not a very comfortable position there, and especially someone that's a little bit younger that has not, uh, that's not really done anything of note in the NFL. He's only played just a little bit uh, a couple of years ago, was, was not great. So, you know, he hopefully can get some traction in Las Vegas, but, I mean, they have a, a quarterback well within their prime. So any opportunity for Sidham to start in the league is, is just not happening. He, he is trying to get to uh, a place where he can be a reliable backup and, and hang into the league uh, as, a, as, a, as a backup. So uh, hopefully he can do that in Las Vegas. But, um, you know, good for, I, you know, I, I think with New England – drafting uh the western kentucky quarterback bailey zappy um that you know they we're going to probably plan on him being the third string behind hoyer so um you know patriots are able to get something for someone that they were got, probably going to end up releasing honestly 
official NFL numbers for Jarrett Stidham. He has played in eight career NFL games, does not have any starts. He is an even 50% completion passer. He has two touchdowns, four interceptions. Not the greatest uh, passing stats for Stidham, who's averaging just five yards an attempt on passes in the National Football League. So, uh, yeah, that, that's not ideal, and that's certainly something he wants to improve, and we'll see if he's given that opportunity with the Las Vegas Raiders. We do it each and every day. Before we get to our first commercial break of today's show, let's celebrate some birthdays in sports. It's time for today's Birthdays in Sports. Birthdays in Sports here today on May 13th, 2022. Tyron Matthew is turning 30 years old, a current NFL safety for the New Orleans Saints, nicknamed the Honey Badger. He was selected in the third round of the 2013 NFL Draft by the Arizona Cardinals out of LSU. He's also played for the Houston Texans and Kansas City Chiefs. Super Bowl 54 champion with the Chiefs, three-time first-team All-Pro three-time Pro Bowler at LSU. He won the bet, uh, the uh, Chuck Bednarik Award, a 2011 SEC Defensive Player of the Year, a 2011 Consensus All-American. Tyron Matthew turns 30 years old. Mike Bibby turns 44, a former NBA point guard, selected second overall in the 1998 NBA Draft by the Vancouver Grizzlies out of Arizona. The 1999 NBA All-Rookie First Team also played for the Sacramento Kings, Atlanta Hawks, Washington Wizards, Miami Heat, and New York Knicks. At Arizona, Mike Bibby was a 1997 NCAA champion. His number 10 jersey was retired by the Arizona Wildcats. Dennis Rodman turned 61 years old today. A former NBA forward selected in the second round of the 1986 NBA draft by the Detroit Pistons out of southeastern Oklahoma State has also played for the San Antonio Spurs, Chicago Bulls, Los Angeles Lakers, and Dallas Mavericks. Five-time NBA champion, two-time NBA All-Star, two-time NBA Defensive Player of the Year award. His number 10 jersey retired by the Pistons. He's a member of the Basketball Hall of Fame. Let's go Savage Storm. Dennis Rodman, 61 years old. Savage Storm, Yep. the mascot for Southeastern Oklahoma State. Wilson Contreras is turning 30, a current MLB catcher for the Chicago Cubs, two-time All-Star, and a 2016 World Series champion. Barry Zito is turning 44 years old today, a former MLB pitcher for the Oakland Athletics and San Francisco Giants, three-time All-Star, 2012 World Series champion with the San Francisco Giants and the 2002 American League Cy Young Award winner. Barry Zito turning 44 years old today. Again, May 13th birthdays today. Tyron Matthew is 30. Mike Bibby is 44. Dennis Rodman, 61. Wilson Contreras is 30. And Barry Zito turning 44 years old today. Those are our birthdays in sports here on May 13th, 2022. If it's your birthday today, we want to wish you a very happy birthday as well let's go ahead and we'll take our first commercial break of today's show on the other side retired ward am steve will join the program and coming up at 3 30 andy burcham the voice of the auburn tigers joins us on the show coming up next here on sports call
JJ Jackson and the guys want to hear from you. Give them a call to join Sports Call at 334-887-3401. I'm Sammy Coates, former Auburn football player and all-SEC wide receiver, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call on WTGZ Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Cam, Brooks, and Ryan all inside our studios here on South College Street. Coming up at 3.30, Andy Burcham, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, will chat with us to talk a little bit about the Auburn baseball team as they get set to open up a three-game series with the Alabama Crimson Tide. Let's go to our Auburn Bank phone line for the first time today. All of our sports call callers and guests join us on the Auburn Bank phone line. Auburn Bank has been your hometown bank for over 110 years. Visit them online at auburnbank.com for more information. Your partner, your neighbor, your friend, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Joining us now on the phone, War Dam Steve. Retired War Dam Steve has called in. Hi, Steve. Hey, good afternoon. Are we on the air? We're ready to rock and roll. Okay, let's do it. And uh, the usual suspects, including you, Mr. JJ, is Mr. Ryan LaVoy, yep. Mr. Brooks, and Camberry. Uh, Camberry. Right? Camberry, okay. All right, guys. How about a big shout out and a war damn eagle to Miss Ellis, named Softball Freshman of the Year? Yes, Bree Ellis, the SEC Freshman of the Year, the first ever Auburn Tiger to win the award outright. All right, and Miss Pinta has made the first team all SEC as well. Yeah, big time congrats there. All right, moving on, because I don't got the pressure on me. Uh, none other than Mr. Big Guy himself. Is going to be on at 3.30, right? Andy Burcham, you're exactly right. This is Andy Burcham. All right, well, let's, let's get it going. So this is Iron Bowl weekend, right, in baseball? Auburn versus Alabama in baseball, yes. Okay, we got we got to sweep them, right, for us to have a, even a reasonable possibility to make it as a regional host, right? Uh, I think you you have to take two out of three at least if it's this Alabama team. Okay. All right, well, I, I, don't, even, I don't even want to think about two out of three, Brooks. We want we want a sweep, right? Yeah, we, I agree. As Auburn fans, you do want a sweep, but I, I you know, if, if you get two out of three, it's not the end of the world when it comes to uh, hosting a regional. No, no, no. As Anthony, <laughs> you know, uh, Anthony would say, you know, we got to put the big boys uh, pants on. <laughs> yep. All right. Okay. Uh, moving on. Moving on, guys. Uh, I look forward to this uh, uh, three game sweep. We got to take them. All right. How about have you uh, read the? Uh, column on the uh, Deny the Tiger book coming out in August by Mr. Al Borges. I haven't, no. It's an excellent co- article. Uh, apparently, uh, it's, been, uh, it's been in the works, and it'll be due out, I think, in August, uh, according to the uh, column by Jason Caldwell. Deny of the Tiger. And apparently, he's going to have a book signing uh, the weekend of the uh, LSU game uh, for people to get a copy of the book if they don't want to get it online. That's really cool. And yeah, he's going to be talking about, he says, things that people didn't know about that season behind the scenes. Uh, he says how close relationship he had with Pat Dye uh, during that, uh, that season. And he'll also be talking about uh, the comparisons of the Iron Bowl rivalry compared to uh, other people's Ohio State-Michigan rivalry, UCLA, USC, Oregon State. He'll be talking about that in the book. And he has a part in there, he says, where he talks about his My Cousin Vinny moment. 
Okay. We're gonna have you to get. You know what he's referring to. Uh, I'm not in that instance. We're gonna have to get uh, Al Borges on the show to talk to him about this book coming out. Yeah, That'd I be would a love cool chat. Do it. But he's talking about his, as he quotes, "I was a long way from a southerner." So there were culture changes. They went beyond just learning how to coach in the South. So that was his my cousin Vinny moment, which is probably uh, what Brian Harson had uh, to learn very quickly about. Yes. So uh, I'll look forward to. Uh, uh, hopefully, I'll be up for the LSU game with my daughter, and I'll be. They they haven't said yet where the book signing would be. Where do you think probably it will be? A and M. I would imagine one of. The, I mean, that's a that's a big question. Yeah, you would think one of those bookstores would love to have Al Borch just come by and be able to sign those books. All right, moving on, guys. Uh, now Sunday, the softball team uh, will know where it's heading. That's exactly right. NBA we'll we'll be able to watch the regional show and figure out where they're heading. Okay, what time will that be announced? I believe it starts at 7 o'clock Central Time. They're having a watch party at the stadium starting at 6, but I believe on ESPN it'll start at 7 o'clock Central Time. Okay, all right. Good to know. Now, what about our uh, women's uh, golf team? Uh, when will we know about their pairings? Uh, I think or sometime... The starts? I think sometime over the week. By the end of the weekend, we should have a better idea. Okay, all right. Good to know. Well, guys, uh, I'm all out. I have nothing more I can ramble about, except uh, I sure hope for some, you know, uh, I don't know, you know, I kind of miss Anthony's rant. So, Anthony, if you're listening, please come back. Yeah, we uh, actually I actually talked to Anthony uh, just earlier this week, actually, Steve, and uh, you know, he's planning on making a return here sometime real soon. Okay, good. And what about Shadow's status? Shadow's doing well. I appreciate you asking. He uh, He's recovering still. And uh, we're hopeful that once football season comes around, maybe he'll have enough energy to become a regular caller again. Okay, and one one other uh, caller that uh, I, I should do miss him too, James. I miss uh, James from Opelika all the time, uh, but I haven't been able to catch up with him in just a little bit, Steve. So hopefully we can hear from James soon as well. Okay, all right. Well, finally, uh, a uh, shout-out and a what's-up to uh, Mr. Matt. Mr. Matt uh, from Tallahassee. We appreciate Tallahassee, it. right. Okay, that's all I got, guys. So enjoy the rest of your weekend. Now, who's going to be going to the uh, uh, Alabama-Auburn uh, 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 baseball game? Well, I'll just be watching it. None of us are, are planning to uh, to be there in any working capacity or anything like that. So we'll just be tuned in and following along with the scores and, and seeing what happens this weekend. All right, then. Well, my time is up. I do thank you for your time always. Uh, and have a safe weekend, a wrestle one. Stay well, guys. And until next time. War Damn Eagle. War Eagle, indeed. All right, that's our buddy retired War Damn Steve joining us there on the Auburn Bank phone line. Andy Bertram set to join us here in just a little bit. But, guys, let's talk about that Auburn and Alabama baseball series. Steve asking a little bit about what Auburn needs to do to host at the NCAA Regionals. This team's in a good position right now, though. Yeah, I think uh, when you're looking at hosting a regional, uh, as long as they win the series, they're going to be in good spot because – uh, from all the projections I'm seeing, the value of the RPI outweighs the value of what the polls are, are, are showing. And right now the polls have Auburn uh, around 19, 20 most places, but the RPI is top five or so. And I've seen some people even say Auburn has an opportunity to host a super regional, be a coveted top eight seed. So Really, if that is the line of thinking, then as long as you don't have something really terrible happen, if you just win this home series, 
uh, then you're going to stay on track for, for hosting a regional. And so, um, you know, kind of the, the picture changes every week, and obviously you're going to want to try and win as many games as you can just from the standpoint of you're trying to stay, trying to get that double buy in the SEC tournament. And if you get that double buy in our top four seed, you're automatically in the double elimination part of the SEC tournament. Because right. if you're five through whatever seed, five through 12, you play on that opening day, and um, then all of a sudden, you know, you've got to win that game at single elimination, but then you get to double elimination in the second round. So, um, I think that's more importantly what Auburn's trying to accomplish right now. And if they play well enough to stay at that mark, then they're going to play. Then that means they've played well enough to, to host a regional for sure, and maybe be in the conversational for a top eight conversation for a top eight seed. We've got time for one quick phone call. About two minutes until we got to get to Andy Bertram, the voice of the Auburn Tigers. So we'll be able to get some quick thoughts in here. Joining us now on the program, Keith from Auburn. Keith has called into the show. Hi, Keith. Hey guys, uh, good to hear from you. Good to talk to you. Oh yes. I'm quick. Uh, working down in Troy all week long. Uh, I, I get buried down there. I can imagine. Yeah. I get home on weekends and just been home about thirty minutes. But anyway, real quick, can you give me a rundown on uh, SEC softball the standings? Maybe the top four and the SEC uh, baseball standings, the top four. And uh, other than that, guys, I, I'll let you go and listen to that. It's, it's good to hear from you guys. Uh, I mean, I listen when I can, and I just don't get to call in as much. But uh, I miss that. Uh, I miss, uh, you know, com- the conversation. But, yeah, I'll hang up, guys, and uh, I hope you all have a great weekend. And I'll listen to your comments on uh, where everybody's at right now in the SEC softball and baseball. Okay, guys? Perfect. All right, Keith, good to hear from you. We miss you as well. It's good to hear from our buddy Keith from Auburn right there on the Auburn Bank phone line. Currently, obviously, we've got the SEC softball tournament going on. Their season two weeks ahead of the baseball season. For softball side of things, Arkansas won the league outright. They were the one seed. The two seed in the league was Alabama. They lost yesterday to Missouri. The three seed was Tennessee, and then the Kentucky Wildcats round out the top four. All those teams right now playing in the SEC softball tournament, but then there are two weeks left in the uh, in the baseball season. Right, and I was just going to say about the softball tournament, Florida was able to beat Kentucky yesterday, so it's Florida and Arkansas in that second semifinal, Missouri and Tennessee playing currently. And uh, as I alluded to, top four seeds in the SEC get – to be, um, you know, get the into that double elimination in the SEC baseball tournament. Um, Auburn fell to fourth in the West, losing two out of three to Arkansas, and that sounds really bad, but um, they're only one game behind both LSU and Texas A&M, and they have series victories over LSU and Texas A&M. So if they can tie them, retie them, then they would uh, get – tiebreakers on seeding over those two so uh, but they're 13 11 league arkansas is the top of the west at 16 and 8 then you go over the east tennessee has blown everyone out they're 21 and 4 in the east and then uh, georgia 13 and 12 andy 12 and 12 florida 11 and 13 so pretty tight for second in the east while pretty tight for second in the west the big news right now coming out of the nfc south Jarvis Landry signing yep. with the New Orleans Saints. Boo, Saints. Heading, uh, heading to the Saints there for Jarvis Landry. We've got to take a quick break. When we come back, 
Andy Bertram joins us next here on Sports Call. Sports Call has been on the air since 1995. I'm Corey Grant, former Auburn football and NFL running back, and you are listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. Fun time of year getting set for a big baseball series this weekend between Auburn and Alabama as we now want to go to our Auburn Bank phone line and bring on the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham, kind enough to join us here on the show. Andy, how are things going for you in your world, my friend? Well, I'm sitting in the parking lot at Plainsman Park, and I'll go in as soon as I get done talking to you guys for a huge series with Alabama. That should wrap it up right there. Yeah, no kidding. It's a it's a busy time of year. It's a great time of year as school has come and gone academically at Auburn University, and now it's just time to focus on some baseball and uh, the rest of the year as it lies ahead. Catch us up to speed. How have things been for the Auburn Tigers in the league, Andy, over the last week or two? Well, the, the last two weekends, Auburn has played the top two teams in the league. At Tennessee two weeks ago, where Auburn lost two or three and had a chance to win all three games. And this past weekend, losing two or three to Arkansas, which leads the SEC West, in which Auburn lost two or three and had a chance to win all three. Auburn has won the middle game of the the last two weekend series. I thought Tuesday night was really an important game for Butch Thompson's team. Going to Troy with Alabama coming to town on the weekend, and coming off of a, a tough weekend against Arkansas. And Auburn was just, it was all very businesslike. Boy, Auburn went about its, its play on Tuesday. Jumped out to an early lead. Outstanding defense throughout the game. Very good pitching throughout the game. And we're in, in a historically tough place for Auburn to play. Little pace field. Auburn, Auburn won 11-4. to four and really took care of its business. I thought that was a great way then to get ready for this big weekend series against Alabama. You mentioned the Alabama Crimson Tide coming into town for Auburn here this weekend. Uh, give us a little bit on this matchup, Andy. In terms of pitching, we'll start there for the Auburn Tigers. What does the weekend look like for Auburn on the mound? It will be the same rotation that we saw last weekend with Mason Barnett getting the start tonight. Trace Bright tomorrow afternoon at two and then joseph gonzalez sunday it's a late start time on sunday actually late start time tonight at 7 30 and sunday at three so barnett tonight bright tomorrow gonzalez on sunday and this past weekend against arkansas both barnett and bright pitched well enough for auburn to win auburn did win the game that bright started and could have maybe should have won the game that Barnett started. The, the the outlier last weekend was Joseph Gonzalez, who has been spectacular in SEC play, and he just struggled. It was a struggle for Joseph last week. As Coach Thompson will tell you, he just never got the pitches to the bottom of the strike zone. And that's where 
if, if Joseph is effective, and he has been all season long, he lives at the bottom of that strike zone, and, and his pitches just never got there this past Sunday. And, and they need to for Joseph to be successful, to be effective uh, for Auburn. I'm anxious to see what, how Joseph responds this Sunday to um, a, you know less than, less than a three-inning outing last week against Arkansas. Good news to report for Blake Burkhalter, who pitched an inning and a third in Tuesday night's game at Troy. He, uh, he looked very effective. He, I, I thought he looked a little bit rusty in the eighth at Troy, but in the ninth, that was vintage Blake Burkhalter with a couple strikeouts, his fastball in the mid to upper 90s, uh, no hint of the hamstring problem that we saw a couple weeks ago at Tennessee. And we all know, if, if you follow this team, how important Blake Burkhalter is to Auburn on an SEC weekend. I mean, he has, he has saved three games on an SEC weekend. He did that against South Carolina. That same week, he also had a win in the midweek. So we know how important he is. And when he combines with Carson Skipper, how important that tandem is at the back end of the Auburn bullpen. Let's talk a little bit more about the Auburn offense now as the Tigers get set to take on Alabama here this weekend. Sonny DeShera has grabbed the headlines all season long for the Tigers offensively. He's been one of the top players in the entire country. Andy, here in the month of May, DeShera has just three hits in the month. All three of those hits have been home runs. How can DeShera get back going a little bit, and uh, what else do you expect from this Auburn offense? Well, I think teams are pitching him a little bit differently. It's going to be tougher for Sonny down the stretch. You have more of a scouting report on what he can do. And he's facing really good pitchers. I mean, the last two weekends, he's faced the two best pitching staffs in the SEC, in Tennessee and in Arkansas. So let's give the other team a little bit of credit here because they've been doing that to everybody this season. And Auburn will face a good pitching staff this weekend in Alabama. It will be tough for Sonny the rest of the year because he has been that guy that has led the SEC in hitting all year and at times has led the country in hitting. So he has the target on his back. I think it's important what Auburn does around Sonny DeShera. I think it's really important for Casey Howe to continue his hot hitting. And he had three hits at Troy on Tuesday night. He's the guy that sets up Sonny DeShera and whomever is the number four guy in the lineup. Of late, it's been Bobby Pierce, and that needs to be consistent so teams can't pitch around Sonny DeShera as much. I think all of those factors will lead to Sonny DeShera continuing to hit the ball very well for Auburn. And I think teams will still, at times, just say, listen, put him at first base. We don't want to have to worry about the big guy in the middle of the lineup. So I think that's a factor for Auburn. Brody Moore, I think, is also very important for Auburn after the back half of the Auburn order. And then don't forget Cole Foster in the number nine hole. He has quietly put together a very good Southeastern Conference season. And he's a terrific springboard from the bottom of that Auburn lineup to Blake Rambush at the top of that Auburn lineup. So I like this Auburn offense. I think we have seen this Auburn offense put things together. Is it important for this offense to put it together down the stretch? It absolutely is with these two final Weekend series, Alabama this weekend, and Kentucky next weekend on the road. What stands out about this Alabama baseball team this season? Well, 
I think they're a better hitting team that they've been in the in the past. And remember, this is an Alabama team that was in the NCAA tournament a year ago. So, I mean, it's a team that, that has postseason experience. And a team like Auburn that was picked near the bottom of the SEC West. So, like Auburn, they have that chip on the shoulder. And listen, guys, we're, whenever Alabama comes to town, and I know it sounds like a cliche, it doesn't matter how they're playing, they elevate their play when they come to Plainsman Park. You recall a couple of years back, Auburn was a much better team throughout the season. And an Alabama team that was going nowhere came in and swept Auburn on a weekend. So we have seen this Alabama team put things together against Auburn. They won two of three last year against Auburn in Tuscaloosa. They're very good defensively. I think their starting pitching staff is very, very good. I think they have a closer who has seven or eight saves. And, and they're a team that is right now trying to make not only the SEC tournament, but the NCAA tournament. So they're playing with a little bit of urgency. And I hope Auburn plays with that urgency here this weekend as well. Yeah, can't wait to see the series again. Three games this weekend at Plainsman Park here in town. Auburn taking on Alabama. I'm curious, if someone were to ask you, Andy, to try and describe sort of the environment in the baseball series between Auburn and Alabama, uh, a lot of people obviously know what to expect on the gridiron when these two teams meet. But over the years, what have you noticed out of the environment on the baseball diamond between these two schools? Too many times Alabama plays at Auburn when the students are gone. I, I don't understand that part of the scheduling, but uh, that's the case, and that's the case this weekend. So um, fans need to take up for what would typically be a, a rather rowdy student crowd, and I think there will still be some Auburn students at this game, but I don't know how many times in the past we've seen it when Alabama comes to town, graduation has already taken place. And so that, that makes a difference at this ballpark. I think the crowds this year have been terrific for Auburn. I think what Coach Thompson talked about this year in Operation Atmosphere has taken part or has taken place at Auburn. We have seen big crowds and rowdy crowds here. And those folks that set up outside the right center field wall uh, and, and, you know, bring whatever libations and food and their lawn chairs and, and have a good time out there. Uh, we have seen the crowds on top of the parking deck uh, and up on the Tiger Terrace having a big time and families. And listen, parking is a plenty this weekend on campus. The last time Auburn played here, you could hardly find a place to park because of graduation. That's not the problem now drive right up almost to the front row and walk across the street to Plainsman Park. Plenty of parking for this weekend. Uh, hopefully, uh, if, if you're not able to make it and you have tickets, you're giving them to someone else. But there needs to be a rowdy crowd here. And I'm not talking disrespectful. That's not what I mean. But it needs to be a rowdy Auburn crowd here this weekend to face Alabama. Can't wait to see what the environment looks like. Andy, before we let you go, tell us a little bit about what's going on at the Auburn Sports Network. Obviously, uh, Tiger Talk is done for the year, as we said, with the academic calendar coming to a close. But you guys stay busy between the Talking Tigers podcast and all of your other adventures. What can you expect uh, with the AU, with the uh, Auburn Sports Network? Well, uh, the, the, the current Talking Tigers podcast is with uh, Auburn track and field coach Ralph Spry who is uh, stepping down after 25 years at the end of this year. It's already been a terrific um, it's already been a terrific SEC championship for Auburn with uh, both wins in the women's hammer throw and the javelin last night. That continues in Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, a, a terrific Auburn women's tennis team came to a close 
Our season came to a close today against Texas in the Super Regional, but there will be a doubles pairing and a singles that will advance now to the NCAA championships. Same for the men in, in Champaign, Illinois. Uh, this coming week's Talking Tigers podcast is with Auburn's outgoing president, Dr. Jay Gooch. I guess his last day in office is Sunday. And Monday, uh, you'll hear from the, uh, the outgoing Auburn University president, not once but twice as, as Auburn's outgoing president, Dr. Jay Gooch. In the weeks to come, a couple retrospectives uh, for us on the Talking Tigers podcast, JJ. Uh, we've done this for the last couple of years, a retrospective of our friend Rod Bramblett, uh, who, pa- who will have passed away uh, three years ago uh, in, the, in the weeks to come. And then following that, another retrospective on another Auburn legend and Coach Dye. So those are all coming up. We look forward to finding out on Sunday where Auburn softball is headed to the NCAA tournament uh, with, with the call with you and Britt. Yes, sir. On the call, always look forward to, to that. And then in a couple weeks, we'll find out where this Auburn baseball team, hopefully is playing right here at Plainsman Park, and we get to talk about a, a Auburn host, which will be the first in 12 years uh, hosting a regional. But to do that, Auburn's got to take care of business with these last two w- weekend series. Appreciate the time, Andy. Go ahead and get on into the ballpark, and uh, we'll be listening to you later on tonight. Thanks for the time today. Thank you, JJ. War Eagle. War Eagle. Our buddy Andy Burcham joining us on the Auburn Bank phone line and joining us here on Sports Call, talking all things Auburn baseball as the Tigers get set for a really big series against the Alabama Crimson Tide. Let's take a quick break, our final break of the hour. More sports call in a moment. have your attention please ladies and gentlemen can i please have your attention we're auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show my name is my name is my name is sports call on tiger 95.9 now back to auburn's first and auburn's favorite sports talk show sports call Final segment of hour number one here on Sports Call today on this Friday. Tiger 95.9 FM on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson inside the studio. Ryan the Boy, Brooks Childress, Cam Berry. Our thanks to Andy Bertram, the voice of the Auburn Tigers, for joining us a moment ago to talk about this upcoming weekend's series between Auburn and Alabama. Andy's been broadcasting Auburn athletics for a really long time. Again, 31 seasons, 31 years as the voice of Auburn women's basketball. And then a few seasons ago, after the passing of the late great Rod Bramblett, he takes over as the main voice of Auburn sports, of football, men's basketball, and baseball. So, been doing it a really long time. And when you've been broadcasting for so long, I think it's so fair to say, okay, we all know about that Auburn and Alabama football rivalry, but what environments have you experienced over the years between Auburn and Alabama, and I thought his answer was pretty uh, 
profound. I didn't think about that, that it seems like it's always a series that is later in the year, and unfortunately, all the students are out of town, and so there is kind of a need for a rowdy crowd. Like, let's be a little bit lively, not disrespectful, but make sure it is a tough environment because it is such a great rivalry in all sports. It's not going to reach football levels because nothing does in that rivalry, but still no students. Everyone's got to pick it up a little bit. Yeah, uh, the the closest that I can remember in recent history, Auburn and Alabama, at all, in in Plainsman Park, being to where students were close to being there was either 2016 or 2017. One of those two years, it was the the finals week had just wrapped up, and so students were leaving town. I I was a student then. I was about to leave town. I tried to go to the Friday night game, and it got rained out. And then it was it was pretty cold that weekend too. It was like a weird cold snap that weekend. And um, I, I left the next day, and uh, it, it was – I think Auburn ended up either winning the series or, or getting – I think it was the one they got swept. I think Andy was talking about they got swept by Alabama that series. Um, so, yeah, a lot of the students had left town already. I knew I know I was one of the few that were still there on that Friday that weren't graduating that weekend. But then, like I said, the Friday night game got rained out. And so I, I even left town that weekend because I, I had to get home for the summer. And so, yeah, that, that Auburn-Alabama it, – it's unfortunate – that that series uh, is, is most of the times when it's in Auburn, it seems like, at least in recent history, has been scheduled for that last weekend or after the students have left because we saw it last weekend with graduation weekend. There were still a lot of students in town, and the students at the Arkansas game, all Arkansas games all weekend were rowdy. They were rowdy in the, in the Section yeah. 111 up there, and then Friday night especially – at that uh, Arkansas game, the the uh, there was a lot of students in that left center field or the right center field uh, opening in the wall, and they were going back and forth with the Arkansas bullpen. They were both banging on the walls of that bullpen, having some fun out there, uh, climbing the walls, talking to one another, and so it was a really rowdy environment last year or last week with the students with that Arkansas series, and it it's just. It's a shame you don't get that as much with the Alabama series at home because the the schedule has it where they they usually play later in the year. You, in theory, you want to play your rivals later in the season. I.e., with football, you want that to be your last game of the regular season um, with Alabama. But when it comes to uh, when it comes to baseball, you you really rather it move it up because you don't get to that last couple series until after the students are gone. And you you kind of want those students to be there for these big series. Yeah, I think when when it comes to baseball and it comes to the other sports, you know, going into it, the hype was not the same as football or, or basketball. And, and leaving it, the losses or the wins don't stay with you as long. But when you're in the moment and you're playing Alabama, you want to beat them really badly. You want to embarrass them. And, you know, you you feel that energy rise. So it's like – you you might come at it from a casual perspective, excuse me, perspective, and say you've not gone to an Auburn baseball game this year or followed the team that much. But just say you got tickets and something to do this weekend, you're gonna head over there. I guarantee you, in the seventh inning of a one run game, I promise you the blood's flowing again. Yeah. Um, and, and so and it's that way with every sport. And uh, you know when you're talking about what's on the line, you know we talked about Auburn has big dreams of hosting a regional and if they can really get hot potentially host for a super regional or or be a top eight seed at least and if you want to look at it from this perspective as well alabama's on the bubble if you go look at the bracketology some sites have a man as one of the last teams in and some sites have as one of the first teams out so if you sweep them that's going to hurt them a lot 
And, they, and but by the same token, if they win this series, they might get in the tournament. It'll help them a lot. And and so uh, you know, if you care about yourself, obviously, then you want to win to to increase your chance of hosting a regional, being a top eight seed. But if you want to hurt them, you can hurt them in a big way too. So uh, there, there's a, a lot riding on it. And, and again, I, I say, you know, yeah, what, whatever happens with the series, it might not be as celebrated, as revered, or as uh, as much sorrow, depending on the result, uh, as in the in football for, per se. But uh, in the moment, it's going to mean a whole lot, and you're going to be really fired up about it. How do you fix the student situation, though? I mean, do you just play the series earlier in the season, or yeah, because you can't push school back, right? Pull it back. Uh, we got to get out of there. Absolutely. You not. know. So I mean, but you know, that's the way some of the some of the sports act. You know, rivalries are usually pushed towards the end of the season to make them more isolated and mean more. You know, like I said, if this was the second or third series of SEC play and you had all the fans or had all the students, rather, you wouldn't know the implications. You would only be able to look back after the fact and say, here's what this meant. But now, you know, like I said, I'm telling you, Bama's on the bubble and they need to win this series. Um, Auburn wants and, to host. And Auburn is trying to host regional and even get into top eight territory. They need to win the series. So now you can have concrete knowledge of here's the repercussions of the different results in the series, and that's what makes it more intense and more fierce. And, and that's why you can kind of go into it and say this is why this really matters because it's very rare, and as good as this league is, it's very rare that this series does not mean something in, in some form or fashion. Yeah, it's it's a big series. It's a big spot for this, these Auburn Tigers. And uh, it, it's a really, really big time for these. Uh, this, this is a big weekend. They got to get got to get at least two out of three. That's going to bring the first hour of our show to a close alongside Ryan Lavoie, Brooks Childress and Canberry. My name is JJ Jackson. One hour in the books, and we're rolling. One hour of our show is in the books. We've got more to come. Stay tuned for another hour of Sports Call right after the break. A story of tradition eclipsing a hundred years, a foundation of success. At Southern Union State Community College, we help students create their own future. Whether you plan to enter the workforce, transfer to a four-year university, or take on specialized medical training, Southern Union provides the binding of the book. You just have to fill in the pages. Register for summer term now. Visit suscc.edu for more information. Let Southern Union help you write your story of success. My joints aren't what they used to be. Routine exercise, playing ball outside with the kids, riding bikes on vacation. I never worried about keeping up. But now, my joint pain has started slowing me down. I decided to make an appointment with the orthopedic clinic. Their surgical partners had the experience, technology, and personalized approach to care that I was looking for. Best of all, it was close to home. I'm thankful I chose the orthopedic clinic. Don't let joint pain slow you down. Visit theorthoclinic.com and schedule your appointment 
today. 745 cold. Why do you need that number? With the weather heating up, it's time to think about having your air conditioner serviced. Spring cleanings and checkups prevent most major system malfunctions. For 46 years, May Refrigeration has been serving the air conditioning needs of the folks here in the Auburn Opelika area. With servicemen who average over 20 years of experience, you know your unit will be fixed properly the first time. Call 745 cold. That's 745-2653. May Refrigeration and Carrier. Turn to the experts. Let the ASE certified technicians at Kenny Knox Tire Center handle all your tire auto repair and maintenance needs. Located just off I-85, exit 77, Valley, Alabama. Since 1908, Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air has been a part of this great community where sadly up to 20% experience daily hunger. Today, we're asking for your help to change that. For every maintenance program that is purchased, we will donate seven meals to local food banks. Protect your home and community when you choose Dixie Electric Plumbing and Air. Visit calldixie.com or call today. Call Dixie and it's done. License number 15033. This just in. Has completed their 114th year of serving their community. This next one goes out to Auburn Bank, champions of you. Touchdown, Auburn Bank! The champions of you are 114 and 0. Welcome to Auburn Bank. How can we help? I hear y'all are undefeated. Helping you achieve your financial goals is our goal. Visit championsofyou.com to see how we can serve you. Auburn Bank, champions of you. Member FDIC. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620, WTRP, LaGrange. From the Auburn Sports Network, Alpha Insurance presents Auburn Sports Today. Here's Brad Law. Auburn women's tennis takes on defending national champion Texas this afternoon at noon central in Austin in the Sweet 16. It's the beginning of a high-stakes weekend for a couple of sports. Auburn baseball hosts Alabama beginning tonight at 7.30. Andy Burcham and I have your radio coverage at 7.15 tonight. The Tigers have a top 10 RPI, and with two regular season series to go, they're projected to host a regional. Butch Thompson appreciated the crowd at Plainsman Park last weekend and hopes this weekend is even more energized. Operation atmosphere is really important this weekend. Yeah, and it has been, and it was huge. We could feel them. I, yeah. I thought the the Saturday game from from the time Rambush hit that opposite field home run to that new little hole we cut out in the wall, all the way to the last pitch. Uh, it was great engagement. Um, fans have been amazing for this ball club. So appreciative of that, and um, hopefully the best is yet to come. I think we got. Uh, uh, amazing weather this week, and um, looking forward to for our last regular season home series against our rival. It should be should be exciting. Mason Barnett starts for the Tigers tonight. Game times tomorrow and Sunday are two o'clock and three o'clock central, respectively. Protect your cars, home, life, and business with Alpha. Find your local agent at alphainsurance.com. Next week starts with men's golf at the Norman, Oklahoma Regional. That starts Monday. Two more weeks of Auburn sports today. Our last daily feature for the athletic calendar will be the Friday before Memorial Day. Until Monday, I'm Brad Law for Auburn sports. 
today. Time for your Atlanta Braves morning update. After an off night Thursday, the Braves turn their attention to the Padres who come to Truist Park for a three-game weekend series. A-list season ticket members receive the best seats at the lowest prices. First access to postseason tickets and so much more. Learn more at Braves.com slash A-list. Still riding high off a walk-off victory over the Red Sox on Wednesday night. The Braves enjoyed a night off last night and now get set to take on the San Diego Padres for a three-game series starting tonight right here at Truist Park. Braves saw the Padres earlier this season in a four-game series in Southern California where these two teams split that set and the Braves will look to carry momentum in from Wednesday's game into tonight's series opener as they give the ball to Max Free. The 28-year-old lefty enters action tonight 4-2 on the season with a 268 ERA. Meanwhile, he'll be taking on the veteran right-hander Yu Darvish who's 3-1 with a 405. Saturday afternoon's Game 2 features Charlie Morton taking on Sean Manaya, and Sunday morning the Braves will wrap up this three-game set with the Padres as Kyle Wright takes on Joe Musgrove in an 11:30. 5 a.m. first pitch. And don't forget, as always, you can hear every pitch of Braves baseball all season long right here on the Atlanta Braves radio network. Ford leadoff show comes your way tonight at 6.05 Eastern with the first pitch of game one against San Diego set for 7.20 Eastern. I'm Kevin McAlpin, and this has been your Braves radio network morning update. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9 FM, WTGZ, Tuskegee, Auburn, and AM620 WTRP, LaGrange. Since 1995, Alabama's sports talk leader, Tiger Communications, proudly presents Sports Call. It's time to join our Sports Call crew as they discuss the latest headlines and happenings around Auburn and the entire sports world. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. We're taking phone calls all show long and want to talk about whatever you've got on your mind. And now, coming to you live from the loveliest village on the plains, Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show, Sports Call. Second hour of Sports Call starting right now on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. J.J. Jackson with Cam Berry, Brooks Childress, and Ryan LaVoy here on today's program. If you would like to be a part of the show, we want to welcome your phone calls. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 888 tiger 9 We announced this a little bit earlier in the week online. I'm just now realizing we have yet to verbally say this on the show, but we should probably like sum up the great sports movie bracket. Don't you guys think that's probably important? I didn't realize we hadn't said We had yeah. never said this probably on the air. If do people that. don't know what happens online, they're probably confused. They're like, wait a minute. You made it to a championship game, but who the hell won? No one liked the results. Exactly. So it was it yeah, was right. it Rocky or was it uh, was it? It was Rocky. League of Their Own. League of Their Own. Mm-hmm. Who won? I don't know. Like people are probably walking around wondering <laughs> those things. And uh, Rocky defeated a League of Their Own, and so Rocky is your great sports movie bracket champion. We did it. We Ooh, did Sixty-four it. movies. The people of Twitter did it. The people of Twitter did it, and we appreciate it. Thank you, Twitter people. Yeah. Uh, it was not that. What was the percentage again? 
I, I don't think it was that close. Was I it, think it was, was like, it 81-19? It was like 80-20 or something yeah. like that. Um, so it kind of feels like we had a mismatched final, but that's how <laughs> the votes came out. Uh, that's how the brackets turned out. Uh, again, I was kind of let down with all the results. Rocky is – I mean, those are both solid movies. Rocky probably uh, deserved to win, I think, more people. I mean, all the spinoffs uh, that they've done off of Rocky. They had, well, hey, they had multiple Rocky movies, and then they had – spinoff like Creed and stuff. So I, I think uh, that one definitely is, is worthy. Uh, but some of my favorites were out the lead eight and sweet 16. And so I feel like of, of my yeah. top, I feel like of my top five or 10, maybe my top five movies didn't make the final four or so. So I, I, uh, I wasn't thrilled with everything, but got to respect what people I, want. I've let the great sports movie bracket people down in that. I don't know that I've seen a league of their own. I really don't know, uh-huh. and it was in our championship. I do not know that I've seen that movie before, and I probably should change that. I like the Rocky franchise. I haven't seen the Rocky movies in a really long time. I'm just bad at watching movies, uh, as so many people know, because I, you know, fall asleep. Uh, well, yeah, as they're so happening. I, <laughs> I have good intentions. So, so you can binge shows, but you can't watch a movie. It, it's like well, sometimes I can't even binge shows, <laughs> like. Sometimes I by binging shows, it means it takes me a good while to watch it. Okay. Um, the show will play all right. It'll episodes. play all the way through, and <laughs> then it's always like two and yeah, a half. Yeah, of them. yeah, yeah. You gotta grab out the iPad and like scroll across the bottom of the screen. Like, wait, where did I drop off? Are you, where did I fall? Are you usually again? good about remembering where you left off? No, I mean, I, like, once I see it, yes. Okay. But just straight up remembering. If I fall dome, asleep and I wake no. up the next day, I'm not gonna remember sure. where I was. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's just that seems like a uh, its own form of hell. Is all I'm saying <laughs> is that you just don't know what you watched and you don't remember how far in the episode you were and that sort of thing. And yeah, you and you can fall asleep on a dime. So you could like 15 minutes into an episode, you could be wide awake, and then at 23 minute mark, you're gone. So yeah, that's a problem. Anyway, uh, a problem. you have <laughs> you. You have not, uh, you've not seen either one of these. I, I mean, neither. Right. I, I've seen them both, but a long time ago. We're gonna have to redo this as well because you know there are so many movies that were left out, and so there many movies were released since then. Uh, movies are still coming out, right? There yep, is that's a, how that works. A yep. new <laughs> Adam Sandler movie coming to Netflix about Giannis Antetokounmpo that LeBron James is in. Have you guys uh-huh. seen that? Hustle. Yep. Yep. You know, like that's that's a sports movie. That's Not having forty two in there seems like a uh, sh- sh- short sighted. Yeah. Uh, I definitely. feel like at this point in his career, Adam Sandler is just doing anything and everything to hang out with the people that he thinks is cool. Yeah, <laughs> why not? I I just he's I think he made his his movies that are like iconic Adam Sandler movies, and now he's just like, you know what? I'm gonna make movies with my best friends and or gonna, or KG and yeah, and people that are awesome to right. hang out with. Is Uncut Gems a sports movie? No. Uh, no, tertiary. Uh, no, tertiary. I would not say it's really. like right there on the fringe. Yeah. It's not really a it's sports a good movie. movie. It's got it's, an I mean, it's got it. yeah it's the like, betting element with sports betting. It's yeah. like Die Hard. People argue that's that it's a, a Christmas good movie, movie, but it's like it happens on Christmas, but about it's not a Christmas themed yeah. movie. Uh-huh. That's fair. It's like well, a it's fair. a movie that has sports that are very much intertwined into it, but yeah. it's not a sports Uncut movie. Uncut Gems yeah. is a good movie. If it you is. haven't it's seen it, Adam movie. Sandler gets shot at the end. 
Oh. Hey! Uh, hey! Spoiler. Hey! This guy. Hey! Hey! I mean, what? I don't know that. Uh, maybe we're just reacting uh, because maybe we're not ruining the ending, and maybe that's not what happens. Brant, I've the, never Brant, done Brant that Brant before. In the, in Brant, in the, in the uh, Brant, shake your head what yes the or no. Hell was that? <laughs> Brant, Brant, have Brant you seen? Have you, shake your head yes or no if you've seen it. No, I've not seen it. Oh. JJ. JJ. Shame. Yeah. That's, you can't that was that. a party foul. Shame. Uh, unless it's like the most classic movie that's been out 20... What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> unless Brent's it's the most so classic sad. movie that's been out like 20 to 30 years, you can't do that. I messed like up. You, like you can tell everyone how Forrest Gump ends. Right? You can't tell everyone how a movie that's just a few years old ends. <sighs> that was bad. At, that was a... a Big party Short-sighted foul. again. Short-sighted. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but... Uh, it's uh, it was good. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Not yeah. saying the ending. <laughs> I'm not saying someone getting shot is good, but <sighs> but uh, yeah, no. I I like what Brooks said about it. Like it's there's an element to it, but it's not like is it? It's it's not, you know how movies have like three or four labels to the yeah. genre. Yeah, like one of the labels could be. Sports. It's like the third or fourth yeah. label. Yeah. yeah, and so it's like yeah, it's not a sports movie because the number one is what it should kind of be or or maybe there you do a slash like something is yeah, like yeah, a yeah. crime slash thriller For or sure. you know horror slash suspense or comedy slash adventure so usually you kind of go with like 1a and 1b with those so this would probably be like a three like it's an element but we're getting a deep dive into it but uncut gems is a good movie and wrote about it on movie monday a few mondays ago and it's adam sandler and he's and got another sports movie coming out is that the only sports movie that Sandler has. Are you kidding? No, you did not just ask that. Come Some on. of them are in our bracket. What are you talking about? <laughs> Which one's on. What are you doing? JJ. I don't know. The water boy? Oh, Happy God. Gilbert? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing here? Those were in our bracket. What are we oh, doing? That's how he got on the map. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh no! It's oh oh no! I th- I don't even think you were thinking. Was, when you I asked wasn't. That. I really <laughs> wasn't. I was not <laughs> thinking. But what I was thinking about because you were saying Adam Sandler would do anything at this point. And I'm not saying he would do anything. I'm just saying he wants to do stuff that just gets him <laughs> with hang cool out with people. cool people. Yeah, right. Yeah, because like well, and paychecks. You know, I don't even think it's about the paycheck no, anymore. I think it's I, just about hanging out with cool he's people. Got his money. Can I ask a question? He's got his. Do yeah. people track the the like? wealthiest actors yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. That, yeah like like by by how well their movies did by um, how well i mean we know how much a movie made and right can it, say and it was then, in that movie right but do people track those things yeah i mean by like like some how much actors, they made when they were in the movie or yeah like so, how much they got paid to yeah, be in the movie like or like how well the movie did and how much they would make? Are you off saying of it? like right. what the average gross of a movie is with that person in it? Right, you know, or just like, like some some you, money I mean, stats on actors. Yeah, do I, we have money stats on actors? Some, I mean, there's is some, Sandler some of top those people, ten? No, no, I, probably not. I'd probably um, imagine he's top twenty though. Um, like some some actors and actresses will do like a a one big paycheck, um, like a twenty or twenty five million to do right. a movie. But some will do a, ba- a base salary and a percent of earnings if, it, if they feel it's going to be a blockbuster. So it's like, you know, I, let's just, I'm just, this is just a purely hypothetical. Someone could probably look this up and shame me. But like, 
if the Jurassic World movie that's going to come out in a month, Chris Pratt might make like twenty million off of it if he does a base salary. But he could also do a few million base and do like one percent or or whatever of domestic box office receipts. And if the, if it makes five hundred million, which it probably will make something like that, well then he just made five more million on top of that. You know, something like that. Okay. Something like that. So there's different forms. I couldn't tell you what you know, one percent's probably low. It might be more like five. But, you know, so it depends on the actor, on the actress and what the movie they're making is. Some do it, some do it on the cheap because they're indie movies and they just want to be in something that they think is really artistically good. So it just depends. So are you saying Sandler's top 10 in your eyes? I wouldn't say top 10. Of, I, of I, what? Movie earnings? Yeah. Also, are you meaning all, all time or what he would charge now? All time. No. No. I, I think he's either. still not top ten. No, I know. There are ten more prolific actors than yeah. Adam Sandler. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, because yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, he's he's up there for uh, comedies for you know actors that play primarily. Would it be in, top in, ten in comedies? Yeah. He's got to oh, be yeah. right. I would say Definitely. so. Yes. It all time or current. Yes. List of highest grossing Who's actors. Who's number one? Wikipedia. In comedy or, or just in general? Th- Is uh, it Tom Hanks? Hank's going to be up there. Will Smith will be up there. Leonardo DiCaprio will be up there. Robert De Niro would be up there. Will Cruz be up there? Tom Cruise would absolutely be up there. I've got the top 20. Would Ryan Reynolds be up there? Yep. I think all the guys you said would be above Adam Sandler. Oh, in, in do we want salary? How do, uh, hold on. Do we want just based on box office Does Ryan office Reynolds ticket? have a sports movie? Um... That's something uh, a box he needs to check. Brian Reynolds sportsman. Do you, I'm not thinking of one. Yeah, we need head. to get him to check one. Do of we those. just want? To, do we want to go all roles? Like yeah, yeah. I don't. Whatever's yeah, easiest for you to. So the the up, yeah. Wikipedia. I found Wikipedia list of highest grossing actors. All roles. The number one is surprisingly, but it's not really. I mean, it, it's very surprising, but the fact that they made this much off this movie, Stan Lee, was the most yeah. because of the Avengers. Worldwide total thirty billion dollars. That's what they made off of. But I don't like counting him because he's the creator, okay, so and the we're going to put him in yeah, for he's one not shot. Actually acting, so next, yeah. next one is cameo. the same uh, genre because of his top, the top grossing film for him was Avengers Endgame. Robert Samuel L. Jackson. Okay, uh, Downey's going to be up there. He's, high he's had a lot. Yeah. Samuel L. Jackson's a good actor. Yep. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. As a he was in fact. Coach Carter. Yes. yes. He's done a sports movie. movie. Yep. Let me see if I any any comedic actors are in the top ten. That is like Denzel Washington in the top ten? No, there are a lot most of, of these top. There, most, well, I've got yeah. the top twenty right here, and most of them have been squashed because of the Avengers franchise. Yeah, that has just pumped so much money into all these Avengers actors' if you, names. So, are you saying these guys took percentage of the of the box office receipts? Then yes. See, because it that if you think it's going to be a blockbuster that's the way to go cuz you can't you don't cap your earnings you just keep making and making if you're kind of a little worried that it's not going to be a box office hit then you take your 15 20 million dollar fee and then you don't give a damn if it makes 50 million or 500 million because you you've made a good good portion there so give me the top 10 brooks all right so stanley samuel jackson frank welker who is the voice actor who did uh, Transformers? Oh, that's uh, okay. Uh, um, yeah. Interesting. It was Optimus he negotiated Prime. well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. John Ratzenberger. What does Optimus Prime even sound like? 
Don't try and mimic it. Yeah, I, don't, I don't even remember. <laughs> okay. Robert Downey Jr. Wait, who was the fourth? John Rat- John Ratzenberger. He was Has an actor. anybody ever heard of him? He was no. on Cheers. He does a lot of the voices. He does he does voices in all these different um Cheers Pixar is one movies. of the most successful TV shows. TV shows. Yeah. So he because pro- that's that's another thing that we don't talk about with TV people, you can keep earning years after the show goes off the air because you can get royalties from the networks that keep buying the show yep. to keep re-airing it. Also, John Ratzenberger does literally one of the best contracts I've seen because he is in every, almost every single Pixar movie, but he is a tertiary character off to the side. I like that word today, uh-huh, apparently. Tertiary. He's off to the side. He's never a main character, but he is in almost every single um, Pixar movie, so much so that I think they did like a short after the first Cars movie where they're at the drive-in and the he's, he's the voice of the truck the big truck in in cars and he's sitting there watching it and every single pixar movie they go through on the drive-in movie he is playing a character on that on that picture he's like well that guy's got a great voice <laughs> is that a commercial you're saying no that, that's it's like a short at the end of yeah. uh pixar's Incre- cars <laughs> oh, okay um uh-huh. uh, then it's robert downey jr at five there you go yep. and then uh, robert burgeon who is a voice actor um He's done Porky Pig and Tweety Bird for the newer uh, Looney Tunes. His most highest grossing movie is Minions. So he is the Minions <laughs> voice. Nice. So I'm going to bury the lead, uh, JJ. Uh, Adam Sandler's not in the top ten. Uh, then Scarlett Johansson. Then Alan Tudyk. Um, he is. Uh, he was on Firefly. He was in Dodgeball. And his highest grossing movie was Frozen 2. He's one of the voice actors on Frozen. You're talking voice actors and that sort of... Alan Tudyk is a legend. Alan Tudyk is good in everything. If you've ever watched a cartoon, you've heard of Alan Tudyk. Big Alan Tudyk fan, Brant Daughtry. And then you've got Warwick Davis uh, from his Star Wars The Force Awakens. And then Andy Serkis, his biggest film was Star Wars The Force Awakens. And those are the top ten in total of earnings. I just wish we had the bigger names. I tell yeah, you, it's I, like, I would say, like I said, you, a lot of these Avengers characters have just squashed everybody because of that success. You could probably, if you tried to search, and I have a phone, I could do it if I wanted to. Uh, we all have phones, but is if you did like top ten highest salaries for current actors or something like that, if you wanted to frame it that way, right? Uh, that's when you're going to get your DiCaprios and Will Smiths and etc. But uh, that makes sense. If you're in, again, it just depends what deal you did. Did you do the base salary or did you do percent of the earnings? And now you see if you're in a big hit, percent of earnings, you're in That's those good way superhero go. movies and that type if, of stuff. If you were just looking at live action roles, three of the top ten are not Avengers. That's how much the Avengers has just been so big. Let's uh, go ahead and take our first break of the hour. When we come back, more sports call. Tiger 95.9. Do you want to join our conversation? Tweet us your thoughts on Twitter at SportsCallAU. This is Andy Burcham, voice of the Auburn Tigers, and you're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9.
Moving along here on Sports Call, Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app, JJ Jackson in the studio with Ryan Brooks and Cam. 334-887-3401 or toll free at one 9 tiger 9 if you would like to call in and be a part of the program. Last week with Eric McDade, our buddy, we were covering the bases and we kind of took a look at some of the Sports Illustrated power rankings for the college football season. I want to do that again but let's get a look as opposed to Sports Illustrated. How about Pro Football Focus? Let's run through the top 10 of the college football power rankings going into the 2022 season. Number one. Uh, Georgia or Alabama. <laughs> the Alabama Crimson okay. Tide. The Alabama Crimson Tide, number one, according to Pro Football Focus. Bryce Young coming back. And edge defender Will Anderson Jr. are the two highest Pro football focus graded players in college football, and they both play for Alabama, and they're both coming back for another year. Transfer portal running back Jameer Gibbs from Georgia Tech. Transfer portal cornerback Eli Ricks from LSU, <laughs> uh, who may or may not be in trouble with the law right now. And then Jermaine Burton, the wide receiver coming over from Georgia, is back for the Crimson Tide as well. They know how to portal too. I yeah. mean, everyone can yeah, portal. Right. So if 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 the teams that are great at recruiting out of high school also need portal people, do you think they're all of a sudden just going to not know how to recruit portal and players? Two thirds of these guys, Alabama's already recruited in the first place too. That are in the portal, so it, it's like they already know them. So it's like, hey, we told you it wouldn't work out yeah. there. Here, now you can get the NFL. Come here now. Um. So let's say this. Uh, we're talking about the only thing in the way of this team avenging their 2021 national title loss is the offensive line. Left tackle Evan Neal was the only offensive line on the Tides roster in 2021 who earned a 70-plus single-season pass-blocking grade, and he's now off to the NFL. In replacement, Alabama brought in Vanderbilt transfer Tyler Steen, but he has yet to crack a 70-pass-blocking grade in three years playing in the collegiate ranks. It's probably a little difficult to perform well when you're playing for Vanderbilt, when you don't have a lot of help around you and that sort of thing. Yes. For the people that aren't sure what the grades mean, what are what is a good grade for for that sort of – is 70 the marker as a good pass blocking grade? I, would ima- I think Does pro football ta- focus goes up to 100. Does right? it say what Neil was? It says that he was the only guy to go over 70, 70. Okay. for their line. I, like, I'm, I'm trying to recount all the different grades I've seen. I've certainly seen some 90s. I have never seen 100. But I'm also <laughs> thinking that depending on the position, that also matters. And I feel like there's some positions you barely even see any 90. <clears throat> right. So that's why I'm just saying, like, how bad, you know, if you make below a 70 in, in high school or college, well, we're not in a very good place, are we? But maybe a 68 is still above average yeah. in, in and that's their a, grading, you know. I don't, you know, I don't have premium access to pro football focus. That's a great question to ask. Uh, yeah, that's, maybe someone knows. It could call in and inform Evan us. Neal clearly better than the rest. Right. On the O-line. But a Vanderbilt transfer is going to be taking over his spot. You don't see that every year. That uh, a Vandy guy come, but I guess it shows you how good this Vandy guy is. If Alabama's yeah, I was about to say I'm going to probably give him the last oh I don't know 13 years, 14 years, give Alabama the benefit of the doubt because yeah, it, on the surface it would be like 
this Vandy guy, can he really help you that much? But, yeah, I'm going to lean towards he's going to end up being, oh, what a pleasant surprise, <laughs> second team all SEC. Yeah, right. Nick Saban doesn't reach for anybody. No. Yeah. Everyone that Nick Saban picks up is going to be, at, on some level, is going to be successful. Pro Football Focus, their top 25 rankings. We're going through the top 10 for the college football season in 2022. Number two, Ohio State. The Buckeyes get C.J. Stroud back. They get the best receiver in college football back as well. In Jackson Smith and Beja, uh, who had the bowl game record, 347 receiving yards ah. in that Rose Bowl victory over Utah. And uh, they've got a lot of people coming back. Uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. will have a bigger role now that Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson are gone. He was good for the Buckeyes. And, uh, yeah, Ohio State's going to be good once again. Yeah, I mean, so far you're just telling us shocking developments that we have not seen in years. I'm kidding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to take – I know we don't have to move on to three or four yet. I'm just going to take a guess that Georgia's coming up next. Georgia is number three. Uh, uh, and uh, – there's going to be someone like Clemson not far behind. Or... Clemson is number four. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Oh, what, my gosh. Call. Look at this shocking scene here. But uh, as far as Ohio State, yeah, when you have someone like Stroud, I mean, I thought Stroud uh, was really not far away from the Heisman last year. I know Bryce Young won it. But I think Stroud got a little too discredited for his performance against Michigan. He still threw for over 300 yards in that game. Uh, in a bad weather game, and and ultimately it was the Ohio State defense that just could not stop Michigan's run game whatsoever. So, again, I'm not arguing for him to win the Heisman, but I think people maybe kind of put him on another level and, and elevated Young to a level above C.J. Stroud, and I think they're on the same level. I think Stroud's a really, really good player, um, and, and with Ohio State, just everything Ryan Day has shown that he has been able to continue – the uh, what 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 Urban Meyer did, and there's no drop off whatsoever from a, a legendary coach like that. So, yeah, Ohio State's going to be a contender. Number three, Georgia, the Bulldogs, the reigning national champions. Uh, this is the Pro Football Focus top ten going into the 2022 college football season. They still return one of the best safeties in Christopher Smith, slot corners in Tyke Smith, and Keele Ringo comes back as well. For Georgia, though, they lost a ton on defense. Uh, but still, with Stetson Bennett returning at quarterback, the Bulldogs going to have a good season, I would imagine, here in 2022. I mean, it, it's it's gotten to – I think I said this uh, when we talked about this with Eric McDade a couple days ago or a week ago. Um, it's gotten to the point where Kirby Smart has basically gotten Georgia to that point where Alabama is where you say, oh, look how much they've lost on this team. And it's like, well – They've got another five star wait yeah. for in the wings, and they lost so a lot, but not enough. It's it's just it's not rebuild. It's re retool. It's we're just going to stick this guy right here, and guess what? He's going to have about the same production as the other guy did last year. And uh, the biggest question is going to be that offense. But I think Stetson Bennett has come along uh, solidly. I mean, he led led him to a national title this past year uh, after being you know kind of sidelined for a little bit, trying to get uh, J T. Daniels the starting job there. But ultimately, it was Stetson Bennett again, and who knows? Maybe they'll ha maybe it'll happen again this year. Maybe they'll have some of their quarterback come in and they'll be like, well, let's start him instead, and then they go back to Stetson Bennett, and then he'll take them to another playoff. And it's it's just Georgia's like I said, Kirby Smart's gotten Georgia to the point where they no matter what they lose, you look at it and you're like, well, 
they're kind of retooled right now. They're already ready to go for another big run. And, and it helps that they play in the, the SEC East where your biggest threats are Florida. Right now it's Florida and Kentucky. And Kentucky can never seem to beat Georgia. And then Florida is still continuing to try to build back from what uh, after Urban Meyer left. After Urban Meyer left, they've had a couple seasons where they've gotten to 10 wins, but nothing consistent like it used to be. Cam? Yeah, I mean, extremely talented Georgia team. They're going to have a really good defense. Jalen Carter, one of the better defensive linemen, um, probably going to be a top 10 draft pick after after this upcoming season. Um they're, obviously, their biggest question is always quarterback, it seems like. Stetson Bennett obviously come back. He's going to be the starter. But like Brooks said, you know, they might replace him with somebody else if Stetson doesn't play well. You know, it seems like a lot of UGA fans weren't very happy that he came back, uh, decided to come back because they wanted to kind of move on from him because he wasn't exactly the... I guess answer, but he, I mean, he played well, he played up. He to, did something no one else had yeah, done. Yeah, exactly. Since so, you know, you can't exactly be extremely upset that he's coming back, but they seem to think that they have all these elite players everywhere else, all over the field that they need to have an elite quarterback as well, which I mean, I, you know, I could agree to that, but I mean, Stetson gets it, gets it done. So I don't see why you wouldn't want him to come back and try and win you another championship. Pro Football Focus saying Georgia head coach Kirby Smart not shy at all about his team's weaknesses during the spring portion of the season. Wide receiver, definitely an issue for my Bulldogs. Uh, but Georgia's tight end room is the best in the country with Brock Bowers, Eric Gilbert, and Darnell Washington. For an offense that likes heavy personnel, this can help ease the lack of depth in that wide receiver room. Yeah, Bowers had a tremendous freshman season last year. Darnell Gilbert Washington. was such Huge. a big deal uh, as a transfer coming. Uh, originally, he was going to go to Florida from LSU and then ended up transferring to Georgia, so just taking a tour of major SEC schools. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, you're right. I mean, that's three tight ends they like that are really talented. And you, you'll see a lot of two tight end sets from them this year. And, and, and plus, they, they're still one of the teams that, that run more pro-style sets than anybody in the league anyway. So that, that, that's not going to be out of character for them to, to want to take advantage of that situation. They will have to find someone out on the edge. You know, We're talking about Seth and Bennett, and he's still uh, – I don't think he necessarily wins you ball games. Um, I don't think he you know can absolutely make somebody look – well above their actual level but um they're still a, a team that likes to run and if they get their tight ends as involved as they did last year then um you know it, it'll just come down to late game situations in all in all likeliness we're talking about the pro football focus top 10 college football going into the 2022 season number four clemson we're talking about uh, i think sports illustrated wrote it last week that if you're talking about a down year for a Clemson program that still had 10 wins a season ago, it shows you just how good that program is. But boy, oh boy, did their offense struggle at the quarterback position. Freshman running back Will Shipley was really impressive for the Tigers, but they got to figure out that quarterback spot. DJ Uyangale, nine touchdown passes, 10 interceptions, and uh, 64.8 passing grade according to pro football focus. So uh, that, that's something that's got to improve offensively, but Dabo Sweeney knows what he's doing. 
do we know how many defensive stars they have back? Because that defense was really good last year, and yeah, that that's why they were able to still win nine games. They had a couple games where they won really low-scoring games that their offense just any other year pulls away in the second half and just could not ever get any space. So I, I, I you know, if they've got a lot of that defense back, then that's something that's a really good starting point, and. If if DJ we got Agale, I messed that up. But if he gets better, you know, ten interceptions a bit high. The lack of production touchdown wise is very concerning. Uh, but he slowly at times later in the season started to look a little more confident. I'm not saying he started to produce high numbers, but so often last year it seemed like he was just very reluctant to make a big throw down the field and that he would kind of just throw the shorter stuff and the more predictable stuff. And so, it in other words, it was not at all what we saw from him two years ago against Notre Dame when he was throwing yeah. uh, darts in the traffic and playing pretty well against Notre Dame. So it, it's about development with him, and you know you have a good running back. You know Clemson has about as talented of a team in the ACC as it gets. So – they're still in good position, but it will be interesting to see a quarterback that clearly needs developing. Deshaun Watson was good from the get-go. Trevor Lawrence was good from the get-go. Ken Dabo and company with new coordinators, by the way. Tony Elliott's gone. Brent yep. Vittables is gone. With new Huge co- points. With new coordinators, can they develop at the same rate that they were in previous years on defense? And then for the first time, can they develop a quarterback and take him to a next level? Tony Elliott is the new head coach of Virginia. Brent Venables, the new head coach of the Oklahoma Sooners. They do have Miles Murphy, Xavier Thomas, Brian Breesey, and Tyler Davis back on their defensive line. That's considered the best in college football. I was about to say, those uh, guys are household names. Yeah. And Nick Eason's taking over that defensive line True. room. Uh, it's going to be nasty then line coach. That's, that's good a good for, job yeah. for him to go take. Yep. Not oh, only yeah. is it his alma mater, <laughs> but he's like, oh, wait, it's the best group in football? Yeah, yep. uh, yeah sure, I'll be happy to go do that. Do you want to add something on Clemson, Brooks? I was going to say, you, you look at the Clemson defense, eight of the 12 positions, depending on which uh, um, – Depth chart. De- well, depending on which uh, lineup you're going with. If you've got two linebackers, three linebackers, if you've got a, a nickelback or whatever, um, you, there are eight of the 12 positions are upperclassmen, and they've all been on the roster. So this is a very veteran defense. And on the other side of things, the, to your point, Ryan, uh, with developing a quarterback, if – DJ Uyengale does not develop. We've seen, I, I mentioned this la- uh, last week when we were talking about Clemson, if he doesn't develop, Dabo Sweeney's been a guy that has not not paused to move on to the next quarterback where you saw, um, who was it? it? They went to transfer to Missouri and they brought in Trevor Lawrence right away. Kelly Bryant. Kelly Bryant was, yep. Kelly Bryant didn't take that next step. They said, let's just move on. They've got another talented freshman. I haven't Kate- heard that name in a long time. Cade Klubnik, and I mentioned his name last week. He's a very, very talented freshman quarterback. Is sitting there as the as the I'm backup star. quarterback, and they're he's going to want his position. There, Dabo Sweeney one does not want to lose him because another guy that we've been talking about off air 
uh, coming from Briarwood Christian, um, Chris Vizina. Vizina, yeah. He's a what four star right five, now? Four, number five or six QB. Yeah. He's coming in next year, right? And he's yeah, in the next twenty-three. Year. So yep. if you got the kid, if you got Klubnik that you're really high on, and Uyunglele does not improve, you want him to be there because you don't want to lose this quarterback, and you've got another guy coming in right after him. There's just so much movement there. If if they don't get off to a, a solid start or a, a, a even if you do you know win your first couple of games but it doesn't look pretty Dabo could make that quarterback switch very very quickly sports call historians would remember the two or three week uh, <laughs> era of the show where we were on Kelly Bryant watch Kelly every Bryant. day and we as soon as the show ended the three of us were out in the hallway watching his Instagram live to figure out where he was going to be committing and it was not to Auburn right um, As a matter of fact, it was not. <laughs> but, but, but I, I a, forgot about that moment until now, and that was that was a good. Like coming, I said, sports well, call historians remember those two weeks. Well, yeah, well, that was a big that, conversation that, for us, and that was a great point by Brooks because the year before, Kelly Bryant took Clemson to the playoff. Yep, they yeah. were a four seed or two seed, whatever they were, and they lost to Alabama in a lower scoring game there in, in the playoff. And then he had a couple opportunities to start the next year, and they had won those games, but he got removed a couple games into the season. And so that is a great point. And, and because of that, he was very well sought after. Auburn obviously yeah. really wanted him. Missouri still a program with, with positive success uh, wanted him, and then it didn't really work great there yeah. either. So it, it ended up being a really great call. It, it's it, Here's the thing with Dabo. It looks like he can pretty – excuse me, pretty clearly evaluate the talent, but you also have situations where you got to develop the talent too. And, and again, that's why I've talked about with Lawrence. Like you knew right away Trevor Lawrence was really good. Trevor Lawrence was as good or better his freshman year than he was the second year he yeah. started. And, and and same with Deshaun Watson. They Deshaun was very much um, still very good his freshman year. Now, that was not the year they went to the championship game. They went his sophomore and junior year. But go look at the numbers and look at some of the games – it wasn't like he had to take a massive stat or massive step in year two. He got a little better, and the team around him got a lot better. But basically, their two most successful quarterbacks have been really good from the get go. And so, Dabo's going to identify who that best quarterback is once the season gets going. The question is if there if Klubik is that his name? Klubnik. Klubnik. K L U B N I K. If he's not like good, good from the start. And, and he's not that Trevor Lawrence type. Can he develop DJ into a better quarterback than he was? That that's their biggest question. I feel like because without Elliott, it's different developmental process on the offense. And uh, you, you saying that they got four D linemen back with Nick Eason. I mean that that enough. I, I think D line's the most important part of a defense. So I I think they're already going to be at least base level good, good defensively. We've got just a a few moments left here in the hour, and again, we'll open up the final hour of our show today by rounding out the top ten, but we'll round out the top five here. Number five, the Michigan Wolverines. This is the Pro Football Focus Early 2022 College Football Power Rankings. Michigan made it to the college football playoff for the first time ever. They finally won. Jim Harbaugh finally defeated Ohio State to go to the Big Ten Championship game. It's still going to be a quarterback battle between Cade McNamara and a sophomore five-star J.J. McCarthy, who both played last year. But they've got to replace Aiden Hutchinson on their defensive front. 
You were the last to go on Clemson. Let's have you start to close out the hour on Michigan, Ryan. Yeah, Khakis made it, yeah. uh, which, again, is the funniest nickname that literally half the coaches, if not more, wear khakis, yet Harbaugh just is the only as, one. Yeah, khaki That's a good uh, point. So many of them but, do. Right. But uh, anyway, yeah, what's interesting for them is they still ultimately did not have very good quarterback play last year, not, no. not, not to the level of the teams around them. And – and they used Hutchinson in a good defensive line. They used a great running game, and that's why they had such an issue against Georgia is because you weren't going to run for 200 yards down right. Georgia's throat. You were going to have to make tight-level plays in the passing game, which obviously they did not. They got trounced in that game. Uh, so, you know, I, I think it's going to be interesting. But really the question for Michigan is, did the dam break, and can you all of a sudden now beat Ohio State more than you get beat? by Ohio State. And for me, that's still no. I think Ohio State would be yeah. favored against them this year. Um, and when I think about just the quarterback play, look, Ohio State's got questions to answer defensively, and they had a poor game against Michigan last year defensively, and they lost more guys off the defense this year. But when you look at Stroud, and this will be in Columbus this year, right? Because mm -hmm. uh, it was in Ann Arbor last year. And so when you look at the two teams – Ultimately, if you're coming in that game with one loss, you must win that game, or else you're not going to make a four-team playoff with two losses there. And so, uh, ultimately, I think Michigan will end up not finishing in the top five because I don't think their quarterback play is going to vastly improve, and they're going to have to execute again such a flawless level with their run game and, and trying to figure out their defensive line and that sort of thing. I just think they're bound to, to diminish a little bit. I'm not saying they're going to go 8-4 and four and be 24th and just be piddly, but I don't think they have the makings necessarily of a top-five team. And uh, J.J. seamlessly slides me the schedule here just to confirm that they are at Ohio State. Uh, they've got Penn State, as they usually do. They're at Iowa uh, looks like they avoid Wisconsin this year, which is a good thing for them, and they have no competent non-conference games whatsoever. And they just, <laughs> I mean, shout out to UConn, really going out there. And <laughs> Excuse three. me, that's that's uh, two, 2020 national champion UConn Huskies. How dare you? Um, so you know, I mean, they they get a break in that they don't have Wisconsin, they don't have a competent non-conference game. Uh, but, you know, the at Iowa and at Ohio State, I mean, those two right there, you look at Michigan State, had a really good year of Mel Tucker last year, Penn State with James Franklin. So there, there's some minefields there. Uh, but ultimately, I think they're more of a 10-2, and 9-3 and three team next year, which would put them, you know, New Year's 6, but not top 5. All right, that does it for the second hour of our show here today on Sports Call. We've got more to go, though. One hour left, to be exact. We want to keep talking about our top 10 Pro Football Focus, they handed out the top 10 college football teams going into next season. We react to that, give you full previews and more. Alongside Ryan LaVoy, Cam Berry, and Brooks Childress, my name is JJ Jackson. Two hours in the books, and we're rolling. Two hours of Sports Call are finished. Don't touch that radio dial. We've got one more hour to go. Whether you're leaving work, cruising around town, or listening on demand, we've still got some fun left for you. To be part of the show, give us a call at 334-887-3401 locally or toll-free at 1-888-9-TIGER-9. 
Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show has been on the air since 1995 and is ready for 60 more minutes of fun. Now, let's get this hour of Sports Call started. Third and final hour of Sports Call getting started today on Tiger 95.9 FM and on the Tiger Communications app. JJ Jackson with Cam Berry, Brooks Childress, and Ryan LaVoy inside our studios. The show's been a whole lot of fun today. We hope that you have enjoyed it because we certainly have enjoyed being here and going through uh, everything that we've discussed on today's program. All right, as we get going in the second hour, or excuse me, in the third hour of our show, let's do this. We've already finished the first two hours of Sports Call today. (sighs) Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? It's now time for the Daily Show Recap. Um, can you repeat the part of the stuff where you said all about the things? Our Daily Show Recap here. Brooks, what has happened on today's show? Well, we've had some great phone calls on the show today. We've uh, talked to Andy Bersham from the Auburn Sports Network, voice of the Auburn Tigers. We talked to him the first hour. And uh, we've been having a spirited talk about college football, the uh, PFF Top 25, Top 10 was released a few a little bit ago, and so we've been talking about some of those teams that have been highlighting uh, some of the big names in college football, and we also had a very uh, spirited debate on Adam Sandler movies. Not really a debate, more of a shock that you didn't you didn't know that Adam Sandler had a uh, had sports other sports movies. movies. <laughs> yeah, he uh, he does indeed have sports movies. Yes, I stand corrected. Uh, my mother wasn't too pleased that uh, I forgot some of those things. But, okay, we move on. Anyway, uh, it has been a whole lot of fun, and if you want to be a part of the show, again, your phone calls are always welcome. 334-887-3401. Again, our top five, we're going through the top ten in the Pro Football Focus Power Rankings going into the 2022 season. Number one, Alabama. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Georgia. Number four, Clemson. Number five, Michigan. Now on to number six, it's the Texas A&M Aggies. The quarterback position of Haynes King and LSU transfer Max Johnson. Brooks, Jimbo Fisher, is this the year at AM? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> it's it's kind of one of those year? it's kind of one of those years that you kind of kind of feel like, but I don't know if the quarterback situation necessarily sets up for it. That you it feels like Georgia last year where if yeah. it's not this year, it may not be ever, ever. because of the the recruiting class that they've brought in. But you just never know what's going to happen. I mean, you look at their schedule this year, their big marquee out-of-conference matchup is those Miami Hurricanes, and they get them right in Kyle Field, third week of the year. And then you go through the rest of the schedule, it's it's the SEC West plus South Carolina and Florida. Um, Texas a I, I just don't know what to think. I, I feel like, yeah. you know, it, it was Jimbo Fisher. We, we talked about it, la- another team that we talked about last week, uh, Texas A&M. Jimbo Fisher did win a national title at Florida State, and Texas A&M is throwing all of this money at him and at facilities and at uh, NIL recruits to get a national title to Texas A&M, to College Station. But it took a Heisman Trophy-level quarterback at Florida State to win a national title uh, with the Seminoles at a place that Bobby Bowden had them in national title contention almost every single year that he was there. And it was just – it was kind of – you know, you, you thought about when you thought Florida State under Bobby Bowden, you thought they're contending for national championships. They're contending for huge, huge bowl games here. 
Texas A&M, you were able to beat Alabama last year. Good job. Well, guess what? They're back again. They've still got the same quarterback. You don't have the same quarterback you had last year. You don't have any either of the quarterbacks you really started the year with last year. You're having to bring in as transfer quarterback. There's a lot of talent. And if whatever they do, I feel like at some level, unless that it is an undefeated season, some some people in College Station are going to be disappointed with the results. I just don't know if he's got if Jim, if uh, Jimbo Fisher has a Heisman Trophy level quarterback in College Station that can help him win a national title. Even with all the talent, he had a lot of talent at Florida State, and yet, it, like I said, it took a Heisman Trophy level quarterback in Jameis Winston to win them a national title. And even on top of that, it took them to the last minute of the football game to do that against a very, very good Auburn team that year. I just don't know if they've got it in them this year because you still it's it's so I just, I don't have faith that they get it done this year. Yeah, not a lot of faith either, honestly, Brooks. I agree with you. Uh, they don't have any quality level starters at quarterback. Both of them, I think, were transfers. So it's just you know that's really what it's going to come down to is the quarterback play. I think they have talent everywhere else on the roster. They have great running back play and Devin, excuse me, Arcane, Achain, Achain. Um, Achain, really, really talented running back. Um, but, yeah, the quarterback situation is really where it's going to be, and, and you just don't know if that's going to be able to put them over the top for Jimbo Fisher, Jimbo Fisher for real. Yeah, obviously everyone knows about the robust recruiting class that they had, uh, potentially the top of all time, and getting so many five-star guys in there. It's going to mean that they're going to be talented, but those guys can't all help them right away. Right. I mean, these are freshman guys. Some of them will become really good players in a year or two, but not necessarily from game one. Uh, one of the big problems A&M has realistically this year is going to Tuscaloosa. Um, you know, We know it's does not very often that teams beat Alabama in two consecutive years. Ole Miss was able to do it about uh, five, six, seven years ago. Yep. Um, but the reality is that A&M, that was one of the very few times, I guess it's happened maybe once every two or three years, but one of the few times that Alabama kind of struggled with a, a road environment, and mm-hmm. Calzada played the game of his life, best game he played all, all year. Uh, there are a lot of reasons that, or a lot, lot of abnormalities to that one and why A&M was able to upset Alabama. You know, I think one positive is because A&M's so talented, they've been bringing in cr- classes. There's probably not any one position that they shouldn't be at least decent at. There's not right. going to be anything that they just get uh, railroaded at. But, um, as you mentioned, Cam, the quarterback play, something's got to change here because it's going to be either Haynes King or Max Johnson. Haynes King was supposed to be their start at the beginning of last year. He did start a game or two, got hurt, and that's what allowed Calzada and company to, to end up playing. Um, but Max Johnson transferred from LSU – was okay, um, not great. I would say he's an upgrade on Calzada if he is named the quarterback, um, but is a significant upgrade unless there's serious development? No, it's just a small upgrade. So, um, you know, they're East opponents. They've got at South Carolina, which on the surface doesn't seem like much, but South Carolina's going to be more intriguing this year with Spencer Rattler at quarterback. And then they've got hosts to Florida, which normally would be the second toughest team you would play in the East. But under first-year coach Billy Napier, kind of hard to know what to expect out of Florida uh, from the start. It might actually have been tougher to play someone like Tennessee. Um, and certainly they avoid Georgia, so that, that's a good sign. So they will be favored in both their East games. But, again, 
uh, road trip to Tuscaloosa uh, will be very tough for them, but we'll see. I mean, they've certainly, again, they're very talented. So um, you're, and to go back to Brooks's point, they're going to be unhappy if they don't win the SEC West. But the reality is they lose to Alabama. They're, they could go 11-1. They could right. still make playoff, but they're not going to win the West, and so their margin error would be very slim. Number seven, the Utah Utes. Quarterback Cam Rising, one of the biggest surprises of the 2021 season. Took just seven dropbacks his first three years at Utah, and two of them were turnover-worthy plays, according to Pro Football Focus's charting. But he broke out in 2021, was one of the best quarterbacks in the West Coast, earned a 88.3 PFF grade from Week 6 on last year. Uh, they also have a top seven tight end duo, according to PFF, uh, and defense. They lost their off. Or they lost their linebacker Devin Lloyd, but has a leader stepping up. They say in Clark Phillips the third, who was a Thorpe Award potential candidate. Um, so they didn't have a, a great recruiting class. Utah usually doesn't. Uh, but the Utes favored at number or, or ranked at number seven. But I'm going to talk about them in conjunction with one other team. And number eight is USC. And of course, USC um, with Lincoln Riley coming in, they're getting Caleb Williams from the get go. I think a lot of people are probably interested to hear that Utah is ranked above them because you just hear so much media press uh, about USC and about everything they've got going on. they got a lot of transfers. Uh, and, again, Caleb Williams is a big deal. He's a quality quarterback. He unseated Spencer Rattler at Oklahoma last year. But if this is true, if Utah can put together this type of season, uh, we know what Oregon is trying to do with Bo Nix, uh, this would set up to be the best top of the Pac-12 we've seen in a long time with Utah and USC here, ranked 7 and 8 in PFF rankings. Utah, you can make a statement right off the gate. First game of the year at Florida in the Swamp. Yep. It is uh, the, the uh, Urban Meyer Bowl on some level. Uh, <laughs> but you, you've got you've got a, at Florida to start things off, and then you've got a, a – before you hit conference play, you've got a fairly decent San Diego State team coming into Rice-Eccles Stadium up there in Salt Lake City. So you've got two games – Early in your in your non conference slate, that you can you can start out the year with some good wins and uh, propel that into a decent conference season. You do play those USC Trojans, so if there if it came down to it where you had to have a, any sort of uh, tiebreaker with them, you there's that game later in the season. Um, Utah, I just don't know. It, it they're always good because they can run through that Pac-12, but it seems. Right that the Pac-12 may be starting to build things up. They're getting Becoming some qu- more, more quality coaches in the uh, in the Pac-12. They're getting some more defensive-minded uh, up in Oregon. You've got Dan Lanning up there. And if he can continue, like I said, with with Oregon, if, he can, if Dan Lanning can continue what Mario Cristobal had with that offense where you've you got a big bruising offensive line that's going to knock some people over and you bring that Georgia style of defense in there, that can be a scary team going forward. But – it's. I think Utah's got a chance to make make a little bit of noise, and then, uh, like you said, Ryan, USC. Yeah, you've got a chance to be good. I don't know how much people are actually expecting them to take leaps and bounds this year because it's still Lincoln Riley's first year. I know Caleb Williams is there. I know Caleb Williams is a is a quarterback that I, I, I've seen and seen a lot of people say that if he was in the quarterback class this year in the NFL draft, he probably would have been over Kenny Pickett. 
uh, taken this year. And they've got a fairly favorable schedule. Their out-of-conference games are Rice, Fresno State, and then Notre Dame later in the season. Um, They've got a chance to make some noise there. I don't know how much they're going to win. Um, You don't have to play Oregon, which is a really, really good thing for USC this year. Um, But, yeah, I think that they can be good. I think they can sniff a Pac-12 title game. I think the biggest jump is going to come in that year two under Lincoln Riley. I think they're going to. I think USC fans are going to be happy at the end of this year with the the improvement that Lincoln Riley has with this Trojans team. I don't think they make a New Year's Six game this year. I think they fall just short um, of a New Year's Six. I think it's one of. I think it's a, that Utah game or maybe that uh, that UCLA or Notre Dame game that keeps them out of a uh, a, a New Year's Six game. But I think that next year under Lincoln Riley, that's where you're going to see national title contending USC Trojans. That's where you're going to see the the college football come back to uh, L.A. Is it okay with you guys that uh, USC technically plays at United Airlines Field at the L.A. Memorial <laughs> Coliseum? What even? As long as they keep calling it the L.A. Memorial Coliseum, I'll be yeah, fine. Right? You can call it whatever field you want. Oh, yeah. I, I was Cam. What do you think of these uh, these two here, seven and eight? Um, with USC, um, I think Lincoln Riley's gonna definitely make a big impact. I honestly think he might do it in his first year, just because he's bringing in all of this talent so quickly. Um, it might take a a couple games to adjust. I think you have the the game against Rice to begin off the season. I think that's going to be a really good indicator just to see, you know, kind of what, where the team is and then at Stanford um, to kind of create some leaps and bounds into the PAC 12 and kind of get going into that schedule. Um, You never know what you're going to expect from Notre Dame towards the end of the season, last game of the season. And PFF has them ranked number 11 um, in their power rankings. So, you know, uh, Notre Dame could be a pretty solid team. Um, Really, like uh like Brooks said a, a really favorable ske- schedule um and they might be able to get into the Pac-12 championship um i i think it'll really come down to either USC or Oregon that wins the Pac-12 um with with Utah um you know i i don't know too much about them i i have seen them play they're not you know they're, they're a Pac-12 team. The Pac-12 is getting stronger, as it seems, so um, they might kind of fall behind a little bit. Like I said, that like uh, like you said, Ryan, their recruiting class wasn't great, um, and it's not like it ever really is. Um, but, I mean, if they can make that statement game and win at Florida, that would be definitely a big-time win for them. Um, and then playing USC, you know, if they can get out of there with a the win and they're at home, then, again, another big-time win. Um, and then they have to go to Oregon. And if you can win in Eugene um, in Oregon, then you, you put yourself in a great position to to maybe win the Pac-12 championship. Yeah, as you note, Cam, that big uh, Utah game with USC is um, at Utah in Salt Lake. Um, and so that's obviously going to be a really big one. Um, Oregon, interesting enough, rated 25th in the pro football focus top 25. They have a big one against Georgia the opening year. So a couple of teams we're talking about here are going to have big starts to the season. All right, going to go ahead and take our first break of our number three. We'll reveal number nine and number ten in the PFF top ten, preseason top ten, once again, based off of pro football focus, going through the top ten. We've gone one through eight. We'll reveal nine and ten on the other side of this timeout.
Looking for another way to listen to our show? Be sure to download the Tiger Communications app and listen to Sports Call wherever you go. Want more Sports Call? Check us out online at sportscallauburn.com. Sports Call can now be heard on Amazon Alexa devices. Open the Alexa app on your iPhone or Android. Tap the menu icon at the top left. Tap Skills and Games in the menu and search for Sports Call Auburn. Select the skill, then tap Enable to Use. You're done. All you have to do now is say, Hey Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn, and you're listening to Auburn's first and Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Sports Call AU. Any thoughts or comments that you have, we would like to hear from you. Interact with us on social media. Give us a follow. Leave us a five-star rating and review on the Apple Podcast platform. It's Five Star Friday. In just a few moments, I'm going to give Five Star Friday shout-outs to folks that have given us five-star ratings on the podcast. If you want a shout-out, then you've got to give us a review. You've got to give us that five-star review so that we can give you some love here on Auburn's first Auburn's favorite sports talk show. Let's keep going through our 2022 college football rankings. Right now in the month of May, this is from Pro Football Focus. Number nine, the Oklahoma Sooners. New head coach and Brent Venables coming in. Dylan Gabriel, a transfer quarterback coming into the mix. But it's a little bit of unknowns there in uh, Oklahoma because Lincoln Riley's not there anymore. It's not Bob Stoops. It's not Lincoln Riley. It's Brent Venables. It's a whole new era of uh, Oklahoma football. And they're going to be in a whole new conference before too long as well. Um, But in this rendition of Oklahoma, yeah, there's a lot of unknown there because they had Lincoln Riley handpicked from when he was under Bob Soups there for a few years. Um, And Brent Venables still has that Oklahoma tie, having worked there before. But um, still, just a little bit different of a of a situation than than you know i i'm sure bob stoops and company thought that lincoln riley would either be at oklahoma for life or go to the nfl i i don't think they ever anticipated him leaving for another job and you really never do when you're at a job as high up the ranking as, as oklahoma it's one of six or seven jobs that you just think that under no circumstance somebody would leave so it is interesting uh for sure and I like what they did in getting Dylan Gabriel. I, I like Gabriel a lot. Obviously, playing at UCF the past few seasons got hurt very early into last season, which kind of affected their season at UCF. Um, but but Gabriel is used to playing in high tempo, high octane offenses. He worked with Jeff Levy three years ago, back in 2019 that people forget about and Jeff Levy is the offensive coordinator at Oklahoma so um, and again if you don't know Jeff Levy's name um, he maybe didn't get enough credit for what he did while the offensive coordinator at Ole Miss the past two seasons under Lane Kiffin so Levy's going to run that very fast high octane offense that Dylan Gabriel will fit in I think very well and it's funny, and that I don't. I'm sure PFF probably did this on purpose, but it's funny that Lincoln Riley's team is ranked eighth, and Oklahoma is ranked ninth. So they've got, I think, Marvin Mims, who's a great wide receiver for Gabriel to throw to. You know, their question, as is usually the case with most Big 12 teams, is what kind of defense can they put out there? Uh, the Big 12 has been historically usually the worst defenses in the country. Them and the Pac 12. 
usually struggle in that department. Now Baylor is trying to buck that trend, and Oklahoma State played pretty good defense last year as well. So we saw some improvement from teams that ended up having very successful seasons in the conference last year. But ultimately, Oklahoma, I don't worry too much on their offense. It would be their defense. But, you know, I think that's more of a worry for the – short term because I think in the long term they're going to get better defensively because Venables is their head coach and we know what job he did at Clemson for so many years and we know that they're going to be moving into the SEC in a few years they hopefully will nab more defensive recruits if you're an Oklahoma fan and so I I think long term I think they will get much better defensively but in the short term with every all the parts changing can they get to the level they need to be at but I, I think it's a wide open big 12 because I think you still expect Oklahoma State on some level to be good. Certainly what Aranda did with Baylor last year is eye-opening. You know, year two of Sarkeesian, I believe it is, is going to be interesting. And then, yeah, you've got this changing the guard to Oklahoma. So I think it's really up for grabs in the Big 12. For the longest time in the Big 12, going on the defensive side of things, Gary Patterson was the flag bearer for defense in that conference because he was the only team that basically played any sort of defense. Uh, everything was offensive, offensive, offensive. Now you're starting to get to the point where they see, you know, the, the Big 12 teams are starting to see, well, you want to win a national title, you got to play some defense because guess what? The SEC, who always prided themselves on defense, well, they've got a few high-octane high power offenses now, and the, the team that you're competing against every single year, it's, uh, really every single year, Alabama, found themselves a high-octane offense a few years back, and now you've got to have some defensive players. I think Brent Venables has a chance to improve this defense, like you said, Ryan, has a chance to improve this defense. Um, looking at their the projected depth chart, they've only got two underclassmen that could be starting on defense this year. That's a very, very veteran defense. Now, it's still an Oklahoma defense that we've seen in the past few years. They're not the same guys that Brent Venables had at Clemson. They're not these big defensive guy, defensive linemen that's going to you know run the offensive line over, go back there and set quarterback. They're more speed, trying to get down the field quick. They're, they're trying to interrupt passing game. Um, so as it's, I think it's going to depend Brent Venable's success is how quickly he can get that defense turned into what he wants it to be a defense that's going to shut down every single offense that they play. Like they they've done at Clemson uh, most of the time that Venables was there offensive side of the ball. Like you said, Dylan Gabriel, how's he going to fit into here? How is uh, Jeff Levy going to fit in as the offensive coordinator there? I think that this offense right now is geared up that he can step in and keep maybe not at the same pace that Lincoln Riley uh, had it going, but he can step up, and they're not going to miss that many steps uh, with this Oklahoma team. I, I think they've got a chance to win the Big 12 again. I think they've got a chance to run the conference for a few years before it, it, before potentially Steve Sarkeesian gets his feet under him at, at uh, Texas. I, th- I think they've still got a chance to run the conference uh, for a year or two before Dave Aranda's got his team feet fully under him at Baylor. And you, you've still got more new coaches coming in and coming out. You've still got Oklahoma State, who's always a perennial team that can come up and steal a few games. I think this Oklahoma team is good. I don't know if they're national championship good this year. I think you got to give it a year or two for Brent Venables to get his defensive players in there. Right now, I think this offense, if Dylan Gabriel plays well, can be a very, very good offense this year. Um, but I, I think Oklahoma's got a chance that they can make some noise in the national scene. Don't think they're national championship contenders, but they can pull some big games. And you look at their schedule, their biggest game is at Nebraska. And I, I think that they, you know, Nebraska was – on and off again last year where you thought they could be good and they just could never finish games. But their, their toughest non-conference game is that Nebraska game on the road. And I think if you play well, you're, you win that game. We're taking a look at our pro football focus top 10 going into the season. Finally, number 10, the Wake Forest Demon Dinkins. 
Bit of a surprising one here for Pro Football Focus, but they talk about the return of Sam Hartman at the quarterback position as Wake Forest ranked fourth in the Power Five in passing efficiency for 2021. Hartman back, of course, a very experienced wide receiver group in A.T. Perry, Keyshawn Williams, and Taylor Morin. A.T. Perry ranked as the third highest graded player at the wide receiver position in the ACC in 2022. And uh, look, Wake Forest making some headlines, making some news there in Winston-Salem. We'll see if they're able to repeat it because you haven't had much success in the ACC year in and year out unless your name has been Clemson. Let's see if Wake Forest can kind of change that trend as we get set for the new year here in the new football season. Yeah, coming off their best year, I think their best season of all time uh, last last season, um, might be pretty hard to top that, honestly, uh, especially with having a down year from Clemson last year. You expect Clemson to be good again yeah. this upcoming season. Um, you know, defense wasn't great off um, last season. They gave up a lot, a lot of points. Um but offensively, I mean, they scored a lot of points. That's how they won games. I mean, a lot of Wake Forest games came down to who could score the last touchdown. Um, A.T. Perry is definitely that guy. Um, he's an extremely talented wide receiver, so getting him back is definitely going to help a lot. Uh, Sam Hartman is a talented quarterback. Um, he He's, you know, he's pretty good. Um, I, think, I think having them – having – Having him back and having him run the offense, I think another year with him uh, will be great. Um, like, you know, he earned a, an elite grade. Um, just some of his decision-making sometimes will, will be uh, was questionable last season. So uh, I think he'll be fine next season. That's your top 10 for Pro Football Focus going into 2022. Number one, Alabama. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Georgia. Number four, Clemson. Number five, Michigan. Number six, Texas A&M. Number seven, Utah. Number eight, USC. Number nine, Oklahoma. And number 10, Wake Forest. The Auburn Tigers not featured in the top 25. Always good to be talking about college football no matter what time of year it is. When we come back, we'll give you a preview of what's coming up over the weekend. And it's Five Star Friday. That's next here on Sports Call. Want to know how easy it is to listen to our show? All you have to do with your Amazon smart device is say, Alexa, play Sports Call Auburn. I'm Britt Bowen, voice of Auburn women's basketball and Auburn softball. You're listening to Sports Call on Tiger 95.9. Sports Call Podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Please find it. Listen to us. If you ever are listening in the car and you're like, oh, I got to move on. I got plans. I got a phone call, whatever. But I want to hear the rest of their conversation they were having. Well, you can go do that by finding the Sports Call Podcast and you can listen on demand however you would like to. That's the best part of our podcast. It is Five Star Friday. When you go on the Apple Podcast platform, at the bottom, you're able to give us a review. And when you click five stars, it'll tell you thanks for the feedback. But really, for algorithm purposes, we need that written review. It helps us out when you can do that. It's Five Star Friday. Let me give some shout-outs right now, guys. Let's give a shout-out to Jesse Ray, who left us a review. Love Auburn Sports Call. 
We love listening to you guys, love the Auburn content, but also enjoy the current Braves coverage, which we love too. I like that. How about SLP Sister mixing it up? Love the coverage of different sports and different ways you present information. I like that. That's pretty awesome. Uh, Five-star review, Jimmer, WDE. Look forward to listening to the podcast every weeknight once it's available. Great way to stay informed on the world of sports and especially the Auburn Tigers. Great job, guys. It always feels to be or feels Heck good yeah. to be loved. And Scopazzi says, War Eagle, five stars. Great podcast and informative sports talk. Keep up the great job. Scopazzi, we intend on doing that. So leave us those five-star ratings and written reviews again. It means so much when you do that. And you can get a five-star shout-out from us. So shout-out to all those guys, the reviews that we just read there on the Apple Podcast platform. All right, our show is almost over here on this Friday. Let's do this. Sports calls, what to watch for over the weekend. What to watch for over the weekend, a lot of different topics. Each of you will speak on one of them, and then I'll move on to the next topic. We're going to be brief with all of these. All right, we're taking a look at what to watch for over the weekend, Cam, I'll start with you. The Milwaukee Bucks and the Boston Celtics. The Bucks lead the series three games to two. What stands out here? Um, Giannis being Giannis <laughs> and being amazing as he usually is. Um, I honestly think that the Bucks are going to close it out tonight. Um, I I thought that it was going to go seven, but it seems that I mean, with the Bucks stealing that win in Boston the other night, I think that um, Milwaukee will close it out. Uh, tonight and it'll it'll be a great game every game has been a good game so far in that series and I think this one will not disappoint either but I think ultimately Boston will fall in six Um, but again it's been a great series I've enjoyed every single game we're set to see the conclusion of the Golden State Warriors and Memphis Grizzlies series Ryan LaVoy with the Warriors leading three games to two yeah and uh unbelievable game five from memphis uh trounce golden state as much as i've ever seen them get trounced with their with their normal roster so uh you know kind of a wake-up call for them i think it goes to show you that there was real validity to memphis being able to function as a team just fine without john morant in the regular season that they had what happens is and you've seen lebron do this with a, a lot of players for this very reason what happens when jaw is in the game is he'll have great offense but they don't move as much and so everyone around him is not as into the game and it takes them a longer time to get rhythm when lebron's out there even though lebron a field goal attempt from lebron is going to be probably the best way of having offense you would think he's going to get the other guys involved so that when it's their time to hit a big shot or take a big shot they're in rhythm. They hopefully hit some of the game. They're going to play better. And so you've seen in these last couple of games, or especially in this last game, everybody was active early. It was not one guy. It was everybody crashing the glass, making shots. And so that was concerning if you're a Golden State fan. And uh, I think this is a must win for Golden State tonight. I think if they lose this, they're probably losing game seven in Memphis. So this is another championship DNA moment. Does Golden State still have it? Big one tonight. Uh, but it's gonna it's going to be fierce, and Golden State's gonna have to really uh, be very tough and physical with Memphis the way Memphis was to them in Game Five. Brooks coming up on Sunday, the Dallas Mavericks head to Phoenix. They're taking on the Suns in Game Seven. A lot of people didn't think the Mavs would be able to force Game Seven, but they were pretty dominant last night. So we will see on Sunday 
game seven between the Suns and Mavericks. Luca was so deep in his bag that he was oh reaching for the goodness. fries. Was he? <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was a, great uh, for Mark Jones. Mark Jones quote from last night's game. I tell you what, this is a really, really fun series. Like, it's another series. Uh, who did the Suns play in the first round? Pelicans. The, the, the Pelicans? Yes. That was a series that you didn't think was going to be a series, and it ended up being quite a quite a decent series. This is another one that you thought, well, the Mavericks may give them a few games, but I don't think it'll go all the way to the, the game seven. But here we are going to game seven. I think Luka's got a chance. If he can if he can play like he has the last few wins for the Mavericks, I think they've got a chance to win this series. I think, though, overall, I think that Chris Paul and Devin Booker are going to step up in this game seven, and they're going to say, hey, we're kind of trying to win a championship here this year. They see the weaknesses that the the Warriors have thrown out there. They've seen that the the Grizzlies are are good, but if you without Jaw Morant on the court, I know there's they've still been able to play re- really well without Jaw. But when you look and one of the stars is off the court, you're like we we got a chance to go in there and take these games. And so we they they're going to tell the rest of the team we've got to go out there and we've got to win this game because there's a, there's a path that we can get back to that finals and re- redeem ourselves from last year. Sports calls what to watch for over the weekend. That's an update on the NBA playoffs going on right now. All right, also coming up this weekend from Atlanta, the Braves and the San Diego Padres. Cam, these two teams already met this season. They split a four-game series. Both games won, or both teams won two games apiece. Tonight, that series gets started with an epic pitching matchup. You Darvish for the Padres Max Freed for the Atlanta Braves, but a three-game series between the Braves and the Padres. Yeah, uh, should be a good one. I I wish I, I have not been able to watch as many Braves games as I've wanted to because, unfortunately, YouTube TV does not carry Bally Sports. Um, so, you know, very, very head-shaking thing. But, yeah, should be an exciting match, matchup with the pitching battle for sure. What to watch for over the weekend as we've got NASCAR going to the Kansas Speedway coming up on Sunday, 2 o'clock Central on FS1. Kyle Busch, the defending champ at Kansas, Ryan. Yeah, and uh, you look at what's been going on this season um, and and what happened last week. Joey Logano gets into William Byron with two laps to go, shoves him right into the wall uh, for his first race victory in in about 40 races. Kyle Busch is a guy that redeemed his win streak or, or losing streak. He had not won in about 30 races or so until he won the Bristol Dirt three weeks ago. So a couple streaks broken by some of the sport's good veterans. Uh, so we'll see if that trend continues after the young guns won uh, so many races in a row to start the season. And another point, no one has won more than two races yet this year. And the guys that have, Ross Chastain and William Byron, not guys at all that you would anticipate yeah. to be the, the lead winner. So we'll see if one of the sports you know, more known commodities can have another successful week in Kansas uh, on Sunday. Another one of those mile-and-a-half tracks of the sport is starting to get away from a little bit more. Uh, but but certainly Kansas going to be interesting to see how the new cars run there. Finally, our what to watch for over the weekend: Auburn and Alabama, a three game series on the baseball diamond from Plainsman Park. Brooks, what do you have on this? Uh, I mean, it's a very very important series. We talked about with Andy Bertram earlier on the show. If you missed that, you can go back and listen to it on our Sports Call podcast after the show today. 
it, it's really important. Auburn trying to get into a position where they could potentially host a regional. And like we've said all show long, if they can uh, have a really, really good end of the year, they maybe can be in position to host a super regional if we get if the Tigers were to get there. You got Mason Barnett going tonight. You got Trace Bright going tomorrow. Joseph Gonzalez going on Sunday. You need three quality starts. You were in position last weekend to win two out of three against Arkansas. Weren't able to do that. We're able to get one, which didn't really hurt you that much in the long run because Arkansas is a top five team, a top three team in some polls. Uh, but this weekend, you you need to at least win two out of three against this Alabama team if you're Auburn. Hopefully, if you're an Auburn fan, you want to sweep. That would be really, really good. That'd be the ideal situation. But two out of three is not going to do you bad. Or if you got three, uh, what, after this weekend, you got four more games, one against Samford, three on the road at Kentucky to end out the regular season. And if you can finish the season strong, You've got a really, really good shot to uh, to put yourself into a regional hosting position in the NCAA tournament. Let's close out today's show with our nightly TV guide. Our show is about to end, but we've got you covered on entertainment for the evening. Here's Sports Call's nightly TV guide. It's time now for our nightly TV guide. Brooks Childress, it's a Friday night. Folks are looking for things to watch on television. I turn it over to you. What should they be on the lookout for? Well, there's a lot of sports on, so I'm not going to give you any any movie picks for this evening. Sit down and watch some sports tonight. 6 o'clock on ESPNU. Nebraska takes on Illinois in some college baseball action, some Big Ten baseball. All right. Also at 6 o'clock on FS1, some Big East baseball action as Xavier visits number 13, UConn. UConn, not the uh, strongest in football, but a top 15 team in baseball coming the out. The first four baseball teams that you just said there, I've never watched throw a single pitch of live baseball well, now any of those now four you can. schools. Yeah, now you can. So now I can. Uh, Nebraska, Illinois, Xavier at number 13, UConn. I think I'm pretty normal in that I've never seen any of those four teams in college I, baseball throw a pick, but that changes tonight. I'll tell you what. I, last night, uh, I watched Pacific and BYU in extra innings baseball, and so I'm a, I'm just a baseball freak over here. 6 o'clock on TNT. Game 6 of the Stanley Cup playoff. Action between the Rangers and the Penguins. Huge Game 6 in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then, of course, following that up tonight at 8.30 on TNT. Game 6 between the Flames and the Stars. Will there be a Game 7 back in Calgary on Sunday along with the Mavericks playing in a Game 7 on Sunday? That would be big for the city of Dallas. We Two shall Game see. 7s on Sunday. Uh, also, USFL football back tonight, 7 o'clock on USA. It's the Michigan Panthers, 1-3 and three on the year, taking on the Tampa Bay Bandits, 2-2, two and two, live from Protective Stadium in Birmingham, Alabama. Also tonight on ESPN2 at 7.30, Ole Miss and LSU baseball series, big conference series there. The Auburn Tigers need the Ole Miss to win this series against LSU if you want to be able to get to the top four in the SEC tournament. And then, of course, the Auburn Tigers and the Atlanta Braves are in action tonight. First game, at, uh, or the Braves, start at 6.20 Central Time on Apple TV+. Plus. Very strange uh, TV weekend for the Braves against the Padres. And at 7 o'clock tonight on the SEC Network, Auburn takes on Alabama in the first of three from Plainsman Park. And that is a look at your nightly TV guide brought to you by our friends over at Coca-Cola. Thank you very much, Brooke. Certainly yeah. do appreciate it. Absolutely. Will you have a good weekend? I'll try my best. Okay. Cam, will you have a good weekend? I most certainly will. How about you, Ryan? We're going to do our damnedest. I love it. Thank you guys so much for being here. Appreciate it. Had a whole lot of fun. I'll see you guys next week, okay? Yes, sir. Have a great weekend, brother. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our program. Thank you to Andy Burcham for joining Sports Call today as well. For my colleagues, Ryan LaVoy, Brooks Childress, and Cam Berry, my name is JJ Jackson saying thank you and good day. Good day.